0: Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast.
1: Never know how loud it's going to be with the music. Wednesday night, you know what that means. It's time for Dodgers baseball. No, it's here. The Mark Order podcast here on the Shiny Wizards Network. I know, Kate. I know it was a rough.
2: Immediately, one. immediately with the Vin Scully feels. It's very well. Rough.
1: Listen, you gotta, you gotta get it in early, and then you're done with it, and then we don't have to worry about it. It was a rough. Uh, it was a rough uh, Tuesday after uh, the highs and lows of free agency signing day, or er, not free trade deadline, excuse me, free agency signing day, trade deadline, and to get hit with the Vin Scully news. Well, it is the Mark Order Podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network, episode 71 71
2: or as i'm gonna start calling it 69.3
1: well i'll take it i do know we're here with fancy uh kate the great and uh new metal rye guy on a wednesday night uh, it's so
2: nice to be joined by ant money and mid two thousands m M&M. it really is
1: yeah i mean it's uh <laughs> it's a new well it's maybe not a new look for ryan but uh, because sometimes he does twist and turn his hat around during the show.
0: I
3: told you, it's it's like a... It's a
2: it usually night. makes a 360, I feel like. It eventually yeah. ends up back to the front, but it takes many pit stops in between. I am not drinking vodka out of a wine glass, Rob Humphrey. I'm drinking water out of a wine glass, which yeah. is a focal point of conversation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> evidently. <She's... laughs> I'm going to try it, Kate. She's trying to uh she's waiting for Jesus to come and turn it into wine. Hey. I'm just you guys so you guys know that was a big hit before we actually came on the air, and then I said, fuck, I should have saved it. It really was. Didn't
3: it was but so Kate, natural before.
1: I know. I told you I'm not gonna do it, and then I was like, I gotta do it. Kate's calling. It's right me there. Out. I know. And it was
2: brought up in the comment section. No, because I'm precious, I like I wasn't doing it just then, but I like holding it from the stem because then my hand doesn't get all condensation and cold. Oh, my God.
1: Condensation. Yes, and cold from ice water.
2: Put a lot of ice cubes in my ice water, man. Leave me alone. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> I didn't know your hands get so cold from holding a cold drink.
2: I just, if the option is to hold it by his stem or to hold it by the glass, why not? Why not get fancy? This is episode 69.3. Kinda, um, we get fancy over here at the Mark Order.
1: I mean, you should have been, you should have been drinking your water out of a wine glass at episode sixty nine, setting the mood.
2: I might have been. For all I know, it's my go-to move.
1: Instead, we had the captain, who was great at the start, and then really slowly started to creep us out as the night moved on.
2: It's true.
3: Let me ask you a question. Yeah. You meet a gentleman like the captain in person.
1: By the end of the night you're creeped out. Like <laughs> let's be <laughs> fair. <hear that. laughs> let me let me tell you something Ryan. Uh there's no situation where I'm willingly meeting a person like the captain. I'd probably be cornered and if and I'd make every effort to leave. Uh but but
3: if you couldn't, he might start out okay, normal and then by the end of the night you're leaving with Gina going like, "Jesus Christ, that was the creepiest man I ever met in my life."
1: I'd probably ask what the deal like I'd probably ask the captain, like, hey man, what's your deal? Do you actually have a boat? And then at the end of the night, like you said, I'd be like, Gina, what the fuck was his deal?
2: FMK for you guys. Oh god. The captain. Cruise director Mike. Peter Avalon.
1: (laughs) Oh well, come on. This is an easy one. We all know we're gonna fuck Peter Avalon, and I think I speak for the whole group. We're gonna fuck Peter Avalon. We're going to kill the captain, and we're going to marry cruise director Mike, because we love living on a houseboat and getting free food from the cruise, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Cruise, whatever, <laughs> restaurant, I don't know, buffet.
2: Sure. You wouldn't, you wouldn't F the captain? He seems experienced and like a tender no. lover.
1: The captain um, seems like the continental of the sea.
2: <laughs> I mean, that uh, was Peter Avalon's gimmick there for a second.
1: The continental?
2: There was, like, a two-week uh, period where he was doing promos like that. With like, oh, that's right. Hand, I yeah, remember? I forgot
1: about that. Yeah. He's
2: so great. I, I love. I love. I know it's a running gag that I want to fuck Peter Avalon. But, um sincerely, like, he's just, he's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And that BTE music video that he put out this week about being the hottest boy in AEW. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I've been saying it for, here's what I know. I've been saying that Ricky Starks is the breakout star of the year for months. And mm-hmm. I've been singing the titillating praises of Peter Avalon for a very long time. People need to get on board with me. I mean and not, since we started. Way. Yeah, since we started you're right. It's been it's been a long time going.
1: It's been a long it's one of the I longer running gags. Makeover. It's not really a gag.
2: It's not at all a gag. No. Given we- Fuck Mary Kill, yeah. Peter Avalon, Eddie Kingston, and someone else. I'm probably marrying Eddie Kingston. I'm probably gonna fuck Peter Avalon and then whoever the poor third schmuck is. Well, what if
3: what if Eddie Kingston is covered in blood walking with a gasoline can?
2: I still marry that guy, because that guy is like he's gonna fucking protect you. That guy or set you he's on like, fire.
3: I, One of the two. No,
2: he's gonna set other people on fire because I'm I'm in his corner. It's like his Ruby. Well, you know,
1: I guess he might set his friends on fire, but not Kate. Not Kate,
2: maybe okay. Brian Danielson, definitely Chris Jericho,
1: mm hmm, mm hmm, and Sammy. But we'll talk about that. That was fun. We will talk <laughs> about that. Uh, so guys, how's everything been? Let's start off with the Rye guy. What's good, Rye guy?
3: Not a whole lot, just living that life.
1: Okay, did you venture out of your house this past week?
3: And we learn what
1: happens when I venture out of my house. I get COVID. Well, work on your immune system, because this was pitched to me tonight, OK? The Fozzie Save the World Tour is coming to Philly. According to Mrs. Money, the meet and greet is very manageable. I think there's the possibility for the entire Mark order to do a meet and greet and see a Fozzie show in October in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Shlong. But what will I get that time? Uh, monkey pox. <laughs> oh, no.
2: no.
3: That's from that's from other activities. What will I get from that's going out of the, the house?
2: captain? The captain definitely has monkey pox. Yes. yes, he does.
1: <laughs> the captain's the reason it got around.
2: Yeah, he started it
1: with a monkey. He's spreading it across the seventies. Um, yeah, Ryan, I don't know. I, you just gotta, you just gotta let life, you know, let life happen, brother. You just gotta get out there I and did. sow your wild. Out. I got a
3: deadly disease.
1: It's not deadly. You're still alive. It's true. And now you've got the super antibodies. Maybe the super ant
2: antibodies. Hey,
1: no, I
3: didn't say that
2: um my god by the way your background today ryan what pool? Well,
3: well, there is a great pool and it's to me
2: how did you think of you... this one because because well, the dumpster match
3: yes but and actually asian joe even said it in discord so i don't want to take all credit away i was thinking it but he he pulled through but then the this dumpster isn't... match was going against what this week the rebookings of triple h
2: it's true and holy shit my my life just got so much easier in one episode (laughs) oh my god everything made so much more sense on Monday um this however is not a tag team though I feel like you've betrayed your own formula
3: I've been off that formula for a while now Kate why wouldn't you actually that's
2: true
1: why wouldn't you try to find something with Chainsaw Charlie and uh didn't Chainsaw Charlie and what's his face have a dumpster match
3: Yes, but because the dumpster of, the dumpster in AEW, not of AEW, the dumpster in AEW, went against Triple H in his booking. Logic.
2: That's well played. That's well played. Okay. Because there ain't no way we're getting a women's match before 9.30 if Triple H doesn't do what he did Monday, so I'll take it.
1: I don't, I couldn't even tell you. I don't, I'm out of the loop on that. So I have no idea. It's okay.
2: Just no competition is driving competition in the right direction. Wow.
1: (laughs) He made the women's
3: division very talked about again. And that I'm sure that got back and every conversation about the WWE women's division, literally almost. I think every one of them went to the how
1: bad aew W's been booked.
2: Yeah, it was like very much a your move, Tony Khan. And he responded today, but we'll get into all that. And how are you?
1: I mean, well, hold on. You guys aren't giving us enough credit. We've been talking about this forever. Why can't it be us?
2: That's a very good point. They obviously I don't have that show. kind of
3: self-confidence.
1: Come on, it's us. Remember last week we there was the sign in the crowd, he's a jungle man. That's us. That
2: was us. Nobody true, else has that. it. True, just two weeks
1: in a row with people responding to us. Singular thinking.
3: It's us. Nobody yeah. else has that thought. We hype up Peter Avalon. Then you have hot boys.
2: It's A-E-W. true.
3: EW. Yeah. Ooh. Come on. Shush your lips. Do the hop some and let's touch tips.
2: Them the way they blew off leva bates incredible incredible
1: not gonna lie i Love? haven't seen it i have to go back and look at it you, so
3: you it's part of pte but they also put it out as its own thing so you can find just the music video it's fucking hilarious
1: i Damn. saw it Kate, Kate, don't be upset i've had late nights this week i'm gonna have an early morning tomorrow after a late night tonight another late if there's night tomorrow
2: anything That we have learned from this past week, it's that you need to be taking wrestling podcasting extremely seriously. As it is an extremely serious thing.
1: I mean, I'm very serious about what we do here. Yeah,
2: you should be. And you should be watching important wrestling history pieces like Peter Avalon's Hottest Boy in AEW.
1: I'll definitely check it out.
2: Yeah, you will check it out.
1: I just said I will.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm just saying,
1: Ryan. Well, why am I getting? I'm getting the toot, man.
2: I'm gonna come in as somebody's heavy and just beat the shit out of you if you don't watch it. I'll be Peter Avalon's heavy,
1: Ryan. I don't know if that really was water in that glass. Seriously, it really, was. It really was. She's drinking angry juice. Uh, all right, so Ryan it's had amazing. another week. <laughs> Ryan had another week inside. Um. So all is normal with Ryan. And uh Kate, how are you? What you've been doing a ton of podcasts, you said.
2: <laughs> I am very tired, but I am good. Um good. Yeah. I don't think we ever need to do anything like Ric Flair's last match ever again. I <laughs> of everything I've covered, that was by far the weirdest experience I've ever had as a wrestling fan because I really, it was, it felt very much like we were going to watch Ric Flair die in the ring. It was awful. Um, That was the low light of my weekend, but uh, it was, I got paid to talk about wrestling, so I'll never complain. But dear God, just no, just no to anything like that ever again. But I'm good. I'm, I'm moving and shaking. I'm making some moves over here on my end.
3: Okay. You're, still your, making, you're still she's in your making, apartment. She's making.
2: I am still in my apartment. Um, there, My walls haven't leaked in a while, so that's exciting because we have had rain. But oh. things things are all right over here. I am very much looking forward to going to the beach tomorrow and hopefully not burning my ass again.
1: <laughs> well, you know she's you're burning you're her ass. definitely going right? to burn your ass. Yeah, you just did it.
2: <sighs> I'm an ass girl.
1: She loves, she loves to burn them, apparently. I
2: love to burn them. I don't love to burn them. It hurts to sit down. But I'm going to be back at the beach, not talking to anybody, not watching a minute of wrestling tomorrow. Impact can suck my dick. Not happening.
3: <laughs> I have bigger questions about that one.
2: Okay, I don't have a dick. But, like, my metaphorical one.
3: Okay.
1: There's just a lot of gold in a lot of the audio she was just dropping so that's why i was very quiet <laughs> so that at some point when we get the ability to cut up audio oh no um and by ability i just mean find the time to cut up audio uh yeah, we have the ability i
2: say yeah. most weeks that i would i would fuck peter avalon and nobody's really yeah but anything.
3: i just want the suck my dick clip
2: oh please we need that clipped. we need a good we need to go it, back to it like- hurts
1: to sit down
2: because
1: <laughs> out one. of context that's a very good one
2: that is a really good one i need a good matt fuck your hand because that was a really fun era of matt isms
1: yeah boy i miss sure. matt isms
2: they were a good time Can't wait for the
1: summer to be over and we get maddie back
2: i know or... i mean i like,
1: i love you guys but no, it's no, no, no. a totally it's, different vibe oh, it's, matt.
2: it's matt it's it's only adding to the experience and we just need another road trip of him losing his fucking mind in a hotel room, asking us if we have dreams.
1: Do you dream?
2: Do you guys have dreams? We've been trying to go to bed for 45 minutes. Yeah,
1: I've been trying <laughs> to sleep, Matt, for like a, an hour. I really
3: question, you know, the more I've thought about that, the more it actually concerns me about Matt. I don't think he has dreams. And I think that's unhealthy.
2: I don't know. He's sleep, jacks. He's got to be having some sort of dream over there
1: uh um, anyway how
2: was your week valid
1: yeah i was just gonna i was gonna make the same point and then you beat me to it if he's sleepjacking, he's dreaming of something
2: he's dreaming he's dreaming probably a, beat uh, a Bond star
1: yeah well <laughs> you never know can't blame him no can't blame him uh let's see well i missed uh two opportunities this past week to see some mbw footage so i'm still waiting i got the one i missed it's, the other
2: it's good shit it's really good shit well I, it was like annoyingly good i wanted it to be worse than it was
1: yeah i mean i saw a little bit of it but i was i was busy so we jumped in and then jumped right back out and um then sunday i wasn't around so both instances of i was at live concerts so
2: some great promo work from your hours truly i should say and and Matt Bowman, what a fucking giant of the industry! But Matt Bowman, really?
1: Wait a minute, hold on. Matt Bowman wasn't a performer in MBW. Oh no, he was. I'm... His name was referenced at some point. <laughs> 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 couldn't even
3: keep the kayfabe going.
0: The they maniac. broke his CD
3: player, and he was not amused.
1: Oh, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah.
3: But really, if you want the the best performer, uh,
1: there was a that's it scumb- Bony, I think. Well, I know there he, was a JT The Scug. Maniac! There was G. also Scugs. the Maniac.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, but I believe it was the Scumboney that came out, Kate, right? And danced and and had some uh, fun. There was,
2: there was some dancing. That unparalleled moves. Unparalleled. Phenomenal stuff.
1: Well, I can't wait till I actually get the chance to uh, sit down uh, with... Uh, with uh, Matt Bowman and our new tape collection as we're f- entering the final stages of the sale of the Shining Wizards network which does include MBW it listen guys i'm not going to i'm not going to lie here the news did hit the trade wires they're saying uh warner brothers discovery uh the number 2 entertainment giant in the industry sure. uh number 1 is the mark order network there so it is. you know we're there That's it. Uh, so yeah, let's see. Friday I went to a concert in Brooklyn. Uh me and Mrs. Money Did you sleep went. till you got there? I didn't there's no sleep uh till Brooklyn. Thanks, Ryan. Oh. Um <laughs> let's see, what was that? That was eighteen visions. Uh and I never got to see them back in their heyday because nice. they went there were 17 visions.
2: Oh my god. Let's just let's get to the commercial block as soon as we can, and I'm Oh just, my God, I'm not um, even. I'm just no selling. I'm. I yeah. know we have a network. I'm fully aware of it today. We're just fucking. We're moving. I'm we're gonna done. do it. All right. Done. Well,
1: so we did 18 visions on Friday night because um, they played an album that I wanted to see them play. Uh, you know, from their pre-sort of glam days. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then Sunday. Uh, we went to see Rob Zombie. It was a uh, Rob Zombie with support from Powerman Five Thousand, Static X, and Mudvayne.
2: Was it at Starland?
1: It was not at Starland. It was at PNC Bank Art Center.
2: I did not know Powerman Five Thousand or Static X played at anywhere other than Starland because well, they listen. were always who my friends in college were opening up for.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But I mean, Static X is, can definitely play bigger buildings. Powerman Five Thousand. Yes. This is a nepotism gig. Um, but it was a family trip for us. We took Baby Money to his very first concert to see Rob Zombie because he said Rob Zombie's one of his favorites. Although when we told him we're going to go see a concert, who do you you know who would you want to see? He was dead set it was Metallica, and we were like, sorry pal, it is not Metallica. But Rob Zombie's fun. Um, so uh, we did the tailgate, uh, and uh, he posted up like uh, you know, I've never seen a post up before. He uh, was eating his turkey sub and uh, had his leg up on the chair and he was just enjoying life. At one point, he took his shirt off in the parking lot, so he was really all in. And then we made our way in, and what was fun is the security guard um, said, Oh, is this for a show? and we said, Yes. And they said, go to the guest services. They'll give him something. And they gave him a certificate uh, that had, like, the tour logo and whatnot. on it. it said, you know, this certifies, you know, they read his name in there. And then they said that, you know, first concert, Rod, Rob Zombie and Mudvayne, you know, with the date and stuff like that. So that was fun. And they gave him a little rubber duck. I
2: love that.
1: So that was cute. He got a lot of high fives. He got a lot of fist bumps. I'm given. And at PNC, they don't sell like bottled water anymore. They sell the Liquid Death in the can, which he thought was cool because there's a skull on it.
2: Yeah, of course, it is cool because there's a skull on it. He's
1: and he's right. um, he was getting a lot of cheers from people clinking his cans together. So, uh, so he had a blast. And um, you know, there we were prepared for a lot of foul language. Of course. Uh, he had his headphones on. So, but a lot of it sort of went over his head. My favorite thing, though, is at one point, um, I think it was during Mudvain, uh, they said, Are you ready for Rob fucking zombie? And he laughed. And we were like, What's up, pal? He said, He said, Rob fuzzy zombie. And we said, Yes, fuzzy zombie.
2: Yes. He's so, so fuzzy.
1: He was very fuzzy. Of and um, how fuzzy was he? Oh, uh I don't even have an answer. Just um trying to
2: get to that commercial break Bagging I need to get to the commercial break today
1: so uh so he uh he he made it through uh everybody you know he got uh he really liked mud which was interesting because I think at first they scared him a little bit. Uh, we had no idea that they were back in the face paint thing. Oh okay. Um, so, uh, he was a little scared at first, but then he settled in and saw that they were pretty cool. And then, uh, Rob Zombie, uh, you know, was coming up. So they're doing the stage and whatnot. And Rob Zombie came out and he was just like, his eyes were as big as saucers. And, um, <laughs> so we, we knew it was going to be fun. But I will say this I have not, uh, kept up with Rob Zombie, uh, in recent years. Um, I was not aware of some of his new songs, so when they decided to play a new song called Shake Your Ass, Smoke Your Grass, uh, we were not prepared for the video package that went along with it, and um, it was like cartoons, not like realistic cartoons, but it was... um, Women shaking their asses in men's crotches or like cartoony guys' crotches, and then at some point, there were naked devil like dudes and uh, with their dicks hanging out, and people grabbing them like, un- unfurling them like a hose. And I was just like, oh, buddy, like, you know, giving him a hug. And he's trying to shove me away because he wants to see what's going on. (laughs) And then there were a ton of um, topless, uh, you know, cartoon ladies. At one point, there was a fully naked cartoon devil lady who popped a baby out of her cartoon vagina. And that was another point where I decided to give him a hug and, and just be like, we need a little break here.
2: Experience we're all having. Yeah. And
1: so, uh, the last thing I'll say about shake your ass, smoke your grass, um, there was a point in the video at the end that he started laughing. And there were, again, cartoony ladies with their asses like bouncing around the screens on like people's heads. And he thought it was hilarious. And I said, What's so funny? And he said, Butts. <laughs> so I said, He's, Okay. You
2: know what? That's a good point. That's That's a very fair argument on his point.
1: So um, that was good. We got past that, and then it was back to business. Um, He really enjoyed at one point a giant like devil guy, like a person wearing like a giant devil suit or whatever came out. A little freaked out, but then I pointed out the fact he had a giant mustache and a tiny little goatee. He thought that was hilarious, and also he was sort of dancing around. That was funny.
2: Kind of sounds like Satan from South Park.
1: Yeah, there was also a um there was also a uh the robot, you know, from like the Dracula video came out. He thought that was fun. Uh there was another new song um we were not aware about called Fucking in a UFO. I don't know if you understand what that's about, but it's uh it's a Sex subtle a song about fucking inside of a UFO.
2: Interesting. I didn't get that. I was taking a guess. Best.
1: I was making a I know it's a subtle title, but that's what it was about. And then um, the visuals for that were um, live action. And they had like aliens, you know, like, you know, like B movie looking aliens, you know, the big heads and the big eyes. And they were like, you know, harassing some uh, some librarian looking lady. And then all of a sudden they sort of librarian. They sort of like pan back and these aliens have giant dicks. Um, and again, we just were like, what do we do about this? So, uh, you know, he was sort of paying attention. He was starting to get tired, but a giant, a guy in a giant alien costume came out, but it was like a fuzzy alien with like a tiny, like uh astronaut helmet on his head with giant muscles. He thought that was hilarious. So everything else was completely missed. Thank God. Uh, And then the last point that we got a little nervous was we knew about his song, House of a Thousand Corpses, clearly from the film. What I didn't think about was the fact they were going to be showing parts of the movie. uh, And of course, all the goriest parts you could show, like, you know, uh, Dwight from The Office's head, you know, peeled apart with his brain exposed. You know, and they're cutting people's faces. And I was just like, oh, guy, are, we're having fun. Like, you know, I'm trying to hug him, but he just wants to see what's <laughs> happening. So, again, it sort of went over his head. Uh, and uh, eventually he got to the closer, which was Dracula, And he was tired at that point. But he made it through the whole show wake. Um, and then even after the show, he uh, he sat in the parking lot in the trunk and uh, we were waiting for traffic and he was eating chips and drinking juice.
2: Oh my so god, just living his best life. Um, right. life. So
3: so and in the chat, yeah. Mrs. Money put out that it's act the, the thing that they're playing in the background was actually the music video for fucking in the UFO. Mm-hmm. So I quickly Googled. You were not exaggerating. No, why would I exaggerate? I'm not saying like I thought you would, but like my god, it's still shocking that this is yeah, like a
1: music video. <laughs> listen, I'm the no, I'm no prude, but um You know, like uh, seeing a cartoon devil lady pop a baby out of her vagina standing up uh, is a jarring image, I'm sure, for young, any five-year-old to see.
3: It's little jarring for me. And I found the other one,
1: too. But I'll say this. um, The next day, I was sort of prodding him. I was like, what was your favorite part? What do you remember? Do you remember the cartoon? He's like, it was so funny. And then he was talking about something that was like not not doing with butts or boobs or anything like that. So he totally it went over his head. I think he was so tired he just was powering through it and none of it stuck. But I mean
2: in his defense, butts are very funny.
1: Butts are hilarious. Yeah. Um you especially when them. they're bouncing off people's heads.
2: Yeah, that's hysterical.
1: Um but yeah um
2: man of taste and I appreciate about that.
1: It's funny after the fact I said to Mrs. Money, I said, you know, the son of a bitch, uh the safer move would have been Metallica. Because they're yeah, very, not, that's PG. actually
2: a very good point. <laughs> they're very
1: PG now. Um, and you're definitely not getting the tits and ass of a Rob Zombie show.
0: That's so. correct.
1: But it was a lot of fun. He had a good experience. Uh, yeah, Schlong just watched the video. All right, so you know I, I quickly
3: went through both of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I actually, so for fucking in a UFO, pretty dead on. I actually don't think you did ass and grass justice on how bad that video is
1: yeah i mean i can't pull it up here to watch but um, the three great. of us you know can talk about it after the fact but yeah uh those things aside it was a fun show he had a lot of fun um and he's very nonchalant about it like my you know his Graham and pop uh, asked about it and he was just like yeah i went to rob zombie like so what big, it's just another deal. show
2: Turns out I'm a fucking yeah. badass. You guys didn't know that already? Because I did. Yeah.
1: He, and he also uh, had to have his hair mohawked. He was like, I gotta do my hair. And then he had to put on tattoos, temporary tattoos to fit in. So he had on, like, his Ninja Turtle tattoos all over.
2: How's it feel to be the dad of a fucking coolest kid in the world?
1: He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. How does it feel to know he's already cooler than you? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um... That's a tough one, especially because I came in the house tonight. I ran out to pick up dinner, and I came in right after the start of Dynamite, and he's like, Dad, do you know how Orange Cassidy gives fist bumps? And he did the exact thing, and I'm like, damn, dude, you're into cool wrestling at such a young age, it's not even
2: fun. Yeah, he is. You're into,
1: like, cool mainstream wrestling, because I know, like, okay, New Japan, and there's all this other cool stuff. No, no, he's
2: not arrogant. He's not, like, a smarky set of He'll
1: get there.
3: He'll get there. We'll smarkin' him up.
1: But, yeah, so that was uh, that was uh, Rob Zombie. And, um, yeah, so we'll never take him to Rob Zombie again.
2: <laughs> Not until he's 20.
1: No, no, that's it. So <laughs> so that was the weekend, and now I've just been uh, powering through the week. And I'm um, here with you, too. So why don't we talk a little bit of wrestling and then take a little break? And we'll reset and we'll talk about uh, Dynamite. Sure. But we had Fight for the Fall and Rampage on Friday night. We did. uh, So I didn't see it happen uh, live. I was out, but I did catch it after the fact. We had Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends defeating Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. Um, There were some really fun moments during that. And I don't know about you guys, but Sanjay Dutt just continuing to show what a great guy he is for this company.
2: So good. I'm sure we'll talk about the promotions and news and notes, but um he's been fantastic and it's really fun to see I think I've said it before, but like we just have gotten such a wider breadth of types of managers on the show, and I really, really love um what Sanjay has done. And he's the only part of this entire faction that I actually care about, to be totally honest. Jay Lee feels great between the ropes. I find him to be kind of a, a medium promo and sat, and I'm saying just isn't there yet because he's super new at this. So Sanjay's like the perfect guy to make me care about them. Um, but the biggest thing in this match, and, and I'll let you speak to it because it was such a shocking moment, was his pencil just got snapped in, in two. Yeah.
1: The violence that ensued during that segment, um, him giving the Orange Cassidy kicks to Orange Cassidy, and then. Yeah. Cassidy snapping the pencil. Oh man! Um
2: yeah. I'm glad that both of them are okay. To be honest,
1: I have not seen anything like that in wrestling for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so I just it, it looks like they're both okay. They both were. They both appeared tonight on Dynamite, so we will talk about these guys again. Uh, but a very I thought fun... it was a
2: shoot. I thought they went into business for themselves. It was so violent yeah. between the kicks and the the pencil snap. It was just. Very severe. I'm it was a lot. Serious. Yeah.
1: It took me a couple days to recover. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, but a very fun match. We also had um, uh, some uh, attacks after the match that sort of set up for the, uh, the match tonight. Right. Uh, and Wardlow came out to make the save. So we'll talk about these guys again, as we get into dynamite, uh, Ethan page defeated Leon Ruffin uh, pretty much squashed him. Uh, and Stoke was watching in the back. What I find interesting here, uh Kate and uh Rye Guy, Stoke has a lot of time to be looking at all these other people. Where the fuck is Sonny? Where
2: it's a good point. I also Sunny. I also think we should note the way that he was watching the monitor. Um, because that was disrespectful. We saw it tonight. He knew what he, he was doing. He did he didn't know what he was doing. This match wasn't a match, this was one ego's edge. And a disgruntled <laughs> page. So, if you want to call that a match, it's the squashiest squash that ever did happen. Um, but yeah, it seems like this the Stokely Hathaway Empire is expanding, and and that's super fun. Uh, in in my opinion, I think he's the best wrestling manager there is right now. So, if I'm he all for If doesn't call
3: it the Hathaway House, I don't even know what we're doing.
2: The Hath the Hathaway House.
1: Yeah, Ooh. Hathaway House. Yeah. I like it. We're going to talk about Stoke again. We're going to talk about Ethan Page again. So we're going pretty quick through this because we touch on him again. I did like the QT Marshall segment backstage with Cole Carter offering him a spot in the factory and letting him know he can sleep on it, but not with the fishes. <laughs> baby,
2: baby, let me sleep on
1: it. Um, Lee Moriarty winds up defeating his teacher, Matt Seidel, and after the match... Uh, Moriarty continues to wrench on the neck of Seidel, and Stoke gets in the ring and offers Lee a business card. Lee accepts it and shows off his muscles again. I just have questions for for Stokely Hathaway here.
2: He's just and trying to make money, man.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, we know what what the priority is. We, we know it's Sunny Kiss in the baddies. Come on, Stoke.
2: I agree with you 100%.
1: If you agree with us, you should let Stokely Hathaway know. Let him know the marker. I've been
2: tweeting about it.
1: I mean, listen, it doesn't hurt to continue to ruffle his feathers. That's all I'm saying.
2: That's a very good point. And I think he seems (laughs) easily ruffles based on some things we've seen. Ryan having a set change back there. My goodness.
1: Barely (laughs) moved. I'm laughing because Ryan was sitting still and his camera just decided to go stage left. My goodness, Ugh, fucking crazy here! All right, we're back. I'm not having um, Sonny
3: be in the baddie,
1: baddies.
2: It's true. It's very yeah. true. Uh,
1: let's see. It so uh, we do get a Britt Baker promo on Thunderstorm that lines up the match tonight. We also had Claudio Castagnoli coming out with William Regal for an interview with Tony Schiavone, uh, and um, Yuda joins him in the ring. Uh, and then Chris Jericho interrupts from commentary uh, and he's going back and forth with Yuta. And eventually um, he is outwitted and uh, agrees to a match with Yuta for his uh, for his title shot against John Moxley. So that sets up the match tonight. But boy, dimwitted Chris Jericho not realizing what was going on. Come on, Chris. You got to be better than that.
2: He does not. He does not have to be better than that. This was my favorite part of the episode, I think. I just loved um I thought Wheeler Youda did some great work here, and him like trapping sports entertainer Chris Jericho. I thought was super fun. Like him just saying, No, 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 I know I could beat you, and Jericho just falling victim to that. I thought was really fun because yeah, Wheeler at one point just goes, Nah. <laughs> Jericho's like, I want to match against you, and he's like Nah, I'm pretty sure I can beat you. I beat Daniel Garcia. Um, I I thought that was a super fun way to set up what we got tonight. And I felt like tonight followed through on it super well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about this match coming up. We did get our acclaimed music video, Trashing the Ass Boys and Daddy Ass. And that's when they announced the match. Tonight would be a dumpster match. Uh so uh so that was a fun video. If you didn't see the music video for some reason, you can surely go find it. It was a lot of fun.
2: Done by our wonderful friends at GoPro Wrestling who are based in Butler, New Jersey of all places, believe it or not.
1: Right <laughs> around my corner. There you um go. I wonder if they actually filmed <laughs> you it around said here. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> Are they bouncing like in that music video?
1: Butts. Butts are funny. They are funny. Um Jesus, there goes Ryan's camera again.
2: <laughs> what is going on? You tell us, buddy. That's your house. Yeah, man.
1: Do you have somebody tied up over there? And they're, they're you know, getting the no, camera? No, the captain's
3: not here tonight. He's not okay. even tied
1: up. All right. Uh, and then we had our interview uh, with Ruby Soho and Anna J ahead of the main event. Uh, and um, then we go into our main event. Anna J winds up defeating Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho gets her... Uh, her arm brace or her wrist brace pulled off and Anna Jay is able to hide it from the referee. She uses it to apply, uh, the queen slayer, uh, and Ruby's, uh, Ruby passes out. So they call the match. Anna Jay gets the win. And that's the end of the show on Friday night. Listen, guys, I, I didn't have a problem necessarily with the match, but I'll say it again. Cause I said it last week and Friday night didn't help. And we're going to talk about it again later. I, I hate this Anna Jay. I hate it. It feels it unnatural. Yeah. It, it's just not a fit for me. I don't know if you guys think I'm being too, I don't know, too short-sighted here, but I just don't like it.
2: I think her working heel again is good. I just don't think this is the type of heel that she is. So I have like a little bit of patience for her to find it. But I just feel like the Queenslayer energy would have been such a better way to go back to being heel than this version of Anna Jay. But I like the idea of her working heel because I feel like she was supposed to be a heel and then kind of under Brody, like all the personalities of the dark order came through and everybody turned face. And she of course turned face with it. So I think letting her have a proper heel run is a good idea. I just don't think this is who she is as a heel. Um, And it felt very inauthentic to me as well.
3: There's two Anna Jay heels we're getting right now. We're getting the, one that's kind of similar to like take Conte, which is like i'm hot sexy everybody wants me and then there's the i'm going to choke everyone out in heal anna j i do not like the first one because it doesn't feel natural she doesn't sound natural when she says it i love the i'm going to choke every single person out heal anna j it's cracking me up she seems like a little unhinged and i think she's pulling that off well because that's closer to the queen uh the queen slayer than the other so they need to get rid of that first part and just go the other way
1: Yeah, I want to be clear. I don't have a problem with her working heel. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I just, I don't like this character. And even to me, like, I get what you're saying, Ryan, about the I'm going to choke everybody out. Like, yeah, I get it. I just still feel like it's too gimmicky. Just a little. She's just, I feel like she's trying too hard at the moment. She just needs to, like, relax and let it come naturally and not, like, it seems forced. That's all it seems like to me right now. And I think if she finds her footing, this can work. But right now it's just not for me. We'll have to see how it plays
2: out. No, I agree with you on that. Like I like the move of the turn, but I don't like this turn at all. It doesn't it doesn't work. To your point, she's not like she's not ostentatious, sexy girl and a J. Like she's she's supposed to be a badass. I liked that about her.
1: Right. She's the Jane to the jungle man. There it is. All I know yeah. is this.
2: She made him a jungle man. Damn it.
1: She did. Boy, did she ever. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I um, I also maybe would have liked, and now that I've had a chance to like digest her whole heel turn, I, I maybe would have liked her heel turn away from Anna Jay, uh, Anna Jay away from Tay because that felt like just going back to that well. Yeah, um,
2: that's
1: fair. But again, we'll see what happens. It's just I think she's got to find her footing um so we'll see what happens but that was friday night that closed out fight for the fallen week so i guess we helped the dolphins or the ocean stay clean or something like that i don't know Woohoo! go oceans
2: we love that for the ocean
1: we do we love the ocean ocean. We need to get rid of it what
2: (laughs) too much ocean is such a funny thing
1: yeah ryan's like i hate water
2: It's just too much. Like, I'm all for the ocean, but calm down. Do you need to take up so much of the Earth's surface? And it's like
3: growing the water level. Like, ocean, pack up a little bit. Like, come on.
2: Relax. Relax.
1: I will say this. Asian Joe says, Billy Ocean for the win. Asian Joe, after the the Atlantic and the Pacific, Billy's my favorite ocean. There it is. There you go. I stole that from Scrubs. Um,
2: That's a good one.
1: Anyway, so that's uh, last week. We're going to jump into this week. We're going to take a short break because Kate needs to refill her, I'm doing air quotes here, water.
2: It's definitely uh, just water.
1: Mm-hmm. You keep telling yourself that, Kate. This is I know
2: water. Th- this is water. I don't know what to tell you, but it's just water.
1: I'm just really tired.
2: Just, I'm just, just tired. tired. It's white claw water, but it's water.
1: This just tastes <laughs> like grapefruits and vodkas. all liquids have water it's,
2: like, uh, it's, it's just H2O plus alcohol
1: <laughs> and <laughs> and listen so, as baby A was told at Rob Zombie because I kept saying how's your beer and he kept saying it's not beer uh, somebody turned around and was like all water is beer without the beer or I was like that didn't make sense but I get what he was saying
2: He so, was trying. he
1: was trying I was like I think you've had a little too much beer pal that went right over Anthony's head Anyway, um, Kate, I know you said it before, we are part of a network and you said you do understand that. So we're not going to play this out. We're not going to draw it out. But in order for us to step aside, we are going to play a few words from some of the other shows that are on the current Shining Wizards network. But I can assure you this, a number of these shows will not be part of the Mark Order Network once that happens. The but for now, that's oh, right no. Just like hbo is getting decimated by discover plus uh we're going to decimate the shining wizards network but until then why don't you hear about some of these other shows that are part of shining wizards network everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting one thing is still
3: guaranteed the shining wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests and of course tons of laughs and discussing the world of wrestling The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantmRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app, and it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to shiningwizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and
0: talk about wrestling.
2: Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments.
3: Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every
1: Friday to check out
2: Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal
3: is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fist full of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host
1: Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War, Choppy, for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast, live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audioboom, Google Play, ShiningWozersNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. so listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts. At least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say.
3: What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network. We're three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh?
1: Alright, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast Kate, I know we mentioned it before in passing about the uh, free agency deadline. I just want to say congratulations to the San Diego Padres for winning the World Series. Congratulations. Congratulations. She forgets she's muted. Huh? She forgets she's muted.
2: Um, No. They've got too far of a gap to close in, in all sports. Baseball, most of all. One player makes no. the least amount of difference.
1: On paper, that lineup thumps now.
2: It's true, but they got a rotation to worry about.
1: Well, when you thump like they can, we'll see. Anywho, um, a couple things came up in the comments during our break. Uh, I don't believe Radioactive Metal ever had a Rob Zombie. Um, and cancel culture on 40 occasions. Yeah, I don't know about that, Rob Humphrey. I have questions about their track record, but you know what? I'm not here to cry fake news.
2: I don't know what counts as a W against cancel culture, but yeah, I mean, you know,
1: who knows? Anyway, uh, before we move on, we've got to remind you to follow us on our socials at Mark Order Pod, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok—all the places you go for your TikTok socials.
3: On the clock.
1: TikTok taught me. Um, and if you go to our socials, uh, let's say you're on our Twitter, just go to the link tree. You can find all of our social accounts there, but you can also find a button to request free stickers. And if you go to that button and click it, you can give us your name, your mailing address, and the country you live in, we'll send you some free stickers the stickers are free. The shipping is free. There's no handling. We're not going to ask you for any weird information. I'm just trying to get past it, okay? Just a um, rights fee of 25 Oh, come on. See, come on. There's just, no uh, money changing hands.
2: They weigh a lot. You have to yep. account for shipping and handling.
1: Guess what? I'm covering the cost. That's why I'm ant money. Because oh my I'm God. spending my hard-earned dollars on you people anyway let's talk about the rankings. rankings okay <laughs> so uh we know who our champions are in the men's division but in case you don't cm punk is our champ uh john moxley is our interim champ we've got pack as the all atlantic champion and wardlow is our tnt champion folks all new slots in the men's division. Uh, Hangman Page number one, two, Jay Lethal, three, Powerhouse Hobbs, four, Chris Jericho, and five, Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia jumping in after a big win last week. Clearly, we are lining up what is to come. In the women's division, same story. We know our champs are Thunder Rosa and TBS is Jade Cargill, but a whole new slew of rankings in the women's division. And it's nice not to see some names that we've seen in there inexplicably. So one is Tony Storm, two Chris Statt, three uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, four Jamie Hader. how about that, Cooley, and number five, Athena. And in the tag division, really not a lot of movement there, but our champs are swerving our glory. Number one, FTR. Number two, the Young Bucks. Number three, moving up. Number 10, Neva Luno. Shlong, didn't you have a name you said you'd like them to be called by? Evil 11. Evil 11. I'll take it. Uh, the acclaimed at number four, moving up. And then number five, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. I like it. I'm not going to say it. I hate it. I like it. I like well, it okay. a lot. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'll take that, Lloyd Christmas. Uh, all right, let's talk about dynamite. Hey. Um, so, no theme to tonight's episode. We just got off two weeks of themes, and we're leading into a theme show next week. Quake at the
2: lake. The worst name.
1: Listen. <laughs> And I've got to tell you guys this because I noticed it for the first time tonight. Go look at the Quake at the Lake cards that they were using, like for all the match previews tonight. If you're looking at the at the graphic, I don't know if it'll be there on the still images. It was there on the videos tonight. If you're looking at the graphic in the lower sort of left-hand quadrant, in the lake is a boat or a canoe. And in that canoe is Dan Housen and Hook. I swear to God. It's fantastic. It was a great little Easter egg to see tonight.
2: All of our like dorky little selves being like, is it going to be Johnny Gargano? No, it's Hook and Danhausen in a boat. That's
1: right. That's right. So, tonight's episode is really setting up a few things. We've got Battle of the Belt Saturday, we've got a Rampage episode Friday, uh, and of course, we're going into uh, we're gearing up for All Out coming. Uh, How so there are are a lot of as our friend Matt says, spoons in the porridge. Hey, and you know what else we're gearing everything. up for? What's up?
0: A Grand
2: Slam.
1: Well that's that's uh late late September, right?
2: I'm still gearing up for it.
1: That's true, but I think they're getting to the pay per view, right? And then they will have a couple weeks to get to the Grand Slam. And I'm sure not everything may be resolved at the pay per view. So correct. We'll see. We'll see. But for tonight's episode of Dynamite, a lot of fun. Let's go to the first match, Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy. And man, this was something that on paper I was like, I don't know if I need to see this, but I'm glad I did. This match to me was a lot of fun. Uh, And Kate, to your point before about Jay Lethal sort of being like mid on the mic and all this other stuff, this match just really does show you how fantastic he is in the ring. He's just a really, really great, uh, wrestler in the ring uh, so Jay Leith <laughs> Jay Leith that was really repetitive my apologies um, no that's not
3: why I'm laughing I'm laughing because I like, I pulled
2: up the
1: graphic oh you oh, saw a
2: house it? And a hook. Yeah, it's, it's in
1: good. a still and yes it cracked me off once I saw it Perfect, but that was super repetitive I was like he's a great wrestler in the wrestling ring wrestling
2: <laughs> he is great um, at wrestling in a wrestling ring and doing wrestling
1: He does wind up coming out with the win, so he gets the win over um, Orange Cassidy, and they were telling a great story with him really taking it to Orange Cassidy's leg, so he couldn't really get the Orange punch in. Um, We do get the lethal injection for the win. Post-match, Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh come down to the ring, and Dutt's cutting a promo about how hard lethal kicked uh, Orange Cassidy's ass, and he interviews Jay about Wardlow. And Lethal tells uh, Wardlow that he'd better come down to the ring because he's going to break Orange Cassidy's leg with the figure four leg lock. And that's when the best friends make the save. And, of course, Wardlow is right behind them. So the heels run off, and Sunjay demands that Wardlow put that TNT championship on the line against Jay Lethal at Battle of the Belts this weekend. And Wardlow welcomes them to Wardlow's world and says, it doesn't matter when or where. The end result is Wardlow's going to whoop that ass. That's also when I turned to Mrs. Money and said, would you like Wardlow to whoop that ass? And she said, it's not bad. So (laughs) we could get, you know, there's another possibility in Mrs. Money's world anyway. Uh, So what do we think about this match? Uh, Ryan's been pretty quiet tonight, so I'm going to throw it to Ryan first. What'd you think of the match and all the post-match set up to uh, battle the belts?
3: Listen, there's only one part of this match that matters, and it's where Satinam Singh got stared down. But by thy, by thy gigantic Trent, I just don't know how he grew so much in such a short amount of time, but he did. Um, it was a fun match. I'm not my favorite outcome. I'm a bigger Orange Cassidy fan than I am Jay Lethal, so I was pulling for him. But I get it because I understand what they're setting up, and Orange Cassidy can come back from this. But it was a good match because both guys can go in the ring. Um, I love what they're doing with Wardlow right now. I'm You know, they're setting something up for him. Going to have a fun match. But really, it's just about that stare down between two gigantic men. That's what
1: matters. That's what we all care about. Can't disagree with you there. It was it was frightening. You could cut the tension with a knife. You could. What do you think, Kate?
2: Match was really fun. Also loved trench coat stuff. That was very, very fun. Um, Match was great. I just just do a cutter, man. The lethal injection, when he goes to hit it eight times in a match or whatever, that extra handspring on the front of it is so unnecessary. (laughs) But um, other than that, it it was really good. Jay Lethal is is great between the ropes. Um, He's quite a ring general. Orange Cassidy had some really fun counters, too, in this match. He just, like, it was a fun story. He had an answer for everything Lethal threw at him until he didn't, and that is perfectly serviceable. Uh, I like what it set up sanjay's post match made me be like oh maybe he did 11 podcasts in nine days too because his voice was very sore but he's just so much fun he adds so much to this and then lethal saying like i know you're gonna come down i think lethal was lethal on the mic or did sanjay just say like hey Wardlow, i know you're gonna come down here um so that that was jay that was okay yeah i thought so that's a fun taunt of like um and he went to do the powerbomb symphony in the match too which i thought was like a a cute little nod to where this looks like it's going. So I'll take it. It was a, a fun opener, not two styles you ever like anticipate kind of seeing in the ring together. Like I, I didn't never put like Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy to open a show in my AEW fantasy booking wheel, but um it was a perfectly good match. And I don't know, continues to be fun. I kind of want the best friends to win those trios belts. I feel like Orange Cassidy deserves some gold. He's perpetually over, it would be a fun way to reward a day one team. Um, if you're not going to go with like the more obvious plays that are there, which we will talk about later.
1: Yeah, it's a good segue, but I did want to at least mention one thing before we segue off of this, Kate, your point to orange Cassidy, always having a counter until he didn't, it was, it's a great point because that happened a lot, both ways during this match, right? Lethal was countering a lot just when orange would start to get going. And then, you know, orange would counter. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Honestly, until the end of the match, I didn't really know which way this was going to go. So, uh, always fun when you have a match like that. Sorry to trounce your perfect uh, segue, Kate, but we do go into the next segment with the Undisputed Elite making their return, and Adam Cole gets onto the mic. So, it's Adam Cole. It's the entire Undisputed Elite, uh, Adam Cole, the Bucks, and Red Dragon. And Cole says it feels good to be back in the ring with his friends, but there is some unfortunate news. He's not medically cleared, but he has taken the time to process a lot of things, the success they've had and the things that they can work on. Because as a great leader, he did call himself a great leader. You don't just celebrate successes. You figure out what you can fix. He says, it's not just leadership though. That makes you great, but the chemistry and they have that in spades talent, you know, which they've, they're the, they're five of the best. And most importantly, loyalty and fighting alongside your brothers, no matter what happens. And they have that too. And he came to AEW because of the young bucks. That's loyalty. He traveled the globe his entire career with O'Reilly and fish. That's loyalty and loyalty is power and success. It's everything, which brings him to the trios tournament. And he says, he's not medically cleared. Kyle isn't medically cleared. And if the bucks don't pick Bobby fish as their partner, they're not going to be allowed to do the tournament and he then apologizes for not being clear with his words he says that the bucks won't be physically capable of doing the tournament and that's when the turn comes bobby fish chokes out uh chokes out uh nick jackson uh adam and uh and uh uh dragon leave the Bucks laying and they start to beat them down they get ready to pillmanize Matt's neck and that's when hangman Adam Page makes the save with a lead pipe in his hand it was an awful big lead pipe but it was a lead pipe and he makes the save and runs them off and at the end he offers Matt a handshake and he takes it <claps> code of honor is enforced between the young Bucks and honor Adam
0: is real
1: there is friendship here. They led to it last week. We saw it in the backstage promo, these little breadcrumbs. Uh, and tonight we get a handshake. Nothing really more happened there, just a handshake. So the things are cool. And we're sort of left wondering what's next. So, um, you know, I like uh, I like this a lot. I think that this is sort of where we're leading with the trios tournament with the Bucks and Hangman. And who knows what will happen with the uh, undisputed elites. But, you know, Kate, I know you're playing with uh, Buster.
2: (laughs) I think he's playing with me. Um, Not his red rocket, just like playing with a dog toy. Mm -hmm. Um, This was super, super fun. I think we all knew that's where the story was going. It was just kind of like who was going to fall on what sides, right? Like, is Kenny Omega going to come back? Is is Hangman like they were hinting at it the whole time of him doing this. It just kind of makes me wonder what's going on with the dark order. Cause I felt like last we left hangman was their friend too. So we'll see. Um, But I think this is such a fun story and regardless of whether either side wins the tournament. um, I think this will be the story that goes over the trios tournament. It's just such a natural, fun, easy thing. Great to see Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole back on my screen, even if they're not fully medically cleared um and since bobby fish was one of the first quakers ever to have him at quake by the lake will be really nice so i Mm -hmm. think that'll be fantastic and uh this is just like sean says it all the time on streams at fightful like predictable when it's good is fine right like good Mm -hmm. and predictable is still good (laughs) like i can see it coming and if it makes sense and is well executed it's still great television so this was kind of an example of that where I think the handwriting was on the wall and, and they just filled it in. And I thought it was really good.
1: And Shlong, I want your take here, but isn't it also great to see this is another seemingly long term story being told that includes hangman, Adam page. It seems like hangman is the only one who can turn these long term, you know, long stories into gold, the whole chase with Kenny, this whole buck story. I mean, this is going way back, and now it's coming full circle. I mean, this is fantastic. I mean, I think it's fantastic. What do you think, Ryan? This is
3: day one shit. I mean, this is stuff they did from the beginning. Like, they started this story way back, so I'm loving that. Um, Listen, just listen to that crowd when his music hit. Everyone wanted this. It's okay to give people what they want. Like he said, predictable isn't bad. As long as it's good. 90% of stories are predictable. Because if you write well, your audience is gonna see that going to be able to follow where you're going because it has to be logical. Twists yeah. very rarely work because they don't, you know, they don't make sense. And people are like, What the hell did we just get? So that's why, like, when a really good twist comes about people to thrive, love it because it's special um that a twist works because you have to break really hard so in this case um it, it's it's funny you know like a predictable i just loved it I, I i'm trying to think of better ways something like kate didn't say but that's just it i mean it was a great moment i think obviously adam cole Perfect. and kylo O'Reilly need to be close to cleared because if they weren't then they probably wouldn't be in a ring at all
1: right Right. And one last thing to talk about here. We've got to talk about it. It did get mentioned in the chat by Kyle K. Sparks, but I was going to bring it up after the fact. Um, Hangman in the white boots with the butterfly jeans. I mean, that's that's fashion a plus.
2: You could tell he was going out there in defense of the young bucks because he was like, if I'm going to hang with these guys, no pun intended. Pun, a little bit intended but not fully mm-hmm. intended um he was like i gotta get my fashion game on point if i'm running in there with the young bucks i gotta be sporting some butterfly jeans i gotta be coming out in white boots because these are the guys that dyed their facial hair pink to match their fits right like yeah. these guys bring luke's and he said i see you and i raise you here are some butterfly jeans and he looked great he always has amazing gear butterfly jeans just right on top of that, man.
1: Just fantastic. What a great look for Hangman. And uh, hopefully we see this uh, friendship start to flourish again because these guys are great in the ring together. So this looks like it's where it's going to go for the trios tournament. They're still sort of uh, lining all that stuff up. So we'll see how it starts to shake out in the coming weeks. But moving on from this, we get a John Moxley promo, and he's basically talking about he doesn't care who wins the number one contender match tonight with Jericho and Utah, and when he says he doesn't care it's not a non-answer he just literally doesn't care who wins because when the bell rings there's no respect for his opponent he's trying to hurt them uh and uh and paint the canvas with their blood and teeth and he says he won't stop till somebody goes to the hospital even if it's him no days off that's why he's the best and the bcc is gonna make the heart dungeon look like a daycare so we're just clearly building to whatever match happens next week in the uh, main event tonight. So another good promo from Mox.
2: Mm, kind of felt like gimmick infringement on Dan Housen at one point. But other than that, it was really good. But okay. like, I'm going to paint the canvas with teeth. What are you going to do next? Put them in a jar? Come on.
1: You know, I really felt at one point that he was going to say, I'm John Moxley. I'm very nice, very violent. And that would have <laughs> been a little too <laughs> close. Um, but you know. It is what it is. Uh, We go to commercial and come back with footage of uh, Christian Cage being interviewed earlier in the day. And uh, he does mention that Jungle Boy was raised by terrible people, just like uh, the people of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, And he says that the proof of that is because he brought uh, Jungle Boy brought Christian's personal life into it, which I thought is just fantastic. Um, (laughs) He says he would never do that. And that's when the jungle man drives straight up and tries to attack him. Uh, maybe vehicular manslaughter uh, there. Uh, but security manages to hold him back. And Christian is saying to uh, boot him from the arena. Um, so, again, I, I mean, we don't have to break this down. But uh, I just I love this Christian because he's like, you know, he's bringing personal life into this. I would never do that. That's a low blow. And he that's exactly what he did. I just love heel shit like that. He it's started really
2: it, <laughs> yeah. bringing up the dead dad. Um, it's funny, but yeah, I'll I'll go next. Um, I think that I've said it week over week that like Christian is just doing some very fundamental heel stuff, and to your point, that's exactly what this is, right? Like this is another example of just token heel <laughs> things, um, but shading in the colors of the story so perfectly, like it's so fun. Props to security for actually doing their job. It's nice to see anybody's parking lot security step it up at a wrestling promotion. Good for them. Uh, and shout out to the Christian is a pussy shirt. That <laughs> uh, jungle Boy came out in. This is kind of a fun side of Jungle Boy. We have only seen him kind of as like the straightforward Jungle Boy, um, Jungle Parkour man where this we're like, he's getting a little bit of an edge. He's got a little bit of a badass feel to him which I think is good because it should be something that's extremely personal because Christian made it that way. Um, Christian's fashion continues to, I think, set the bar for men in their late 40s, early 50s. I think both Edge and WWE and Jericho could take notes about not trying to look like a, a leather zaddy and looking like he went to Banana Republic instead. I appreciate that about him. Um, but I've, I've really loved this Christian run because it's just so damn simple. It's, it's stuff that we have seen the archetype of before filled in really, really perfectly. And I just love it. I think he's doing such a good job of like, this is the heel textbook and it works every time. And it's going to work right now with a young growing talent. It's like a really just good piece of wrestling work.
1: Yeah. Just continued good work by Christian here. And we're clearly building to the match tonight, right? So it's going to be Christian and Matt Hardy coming up later in the card. But for now, um, I'm not going to lie, guys. I thought I fell asleep on the couch and woke up uh, late in the evening because I had women's wrestling on TV. Uh, But then I looked at the (laughs) clock and realized it was just 830. Uh, So we had Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hayter, Team DMD, versus Thunderstorm, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm. Um, Let's cut to the end here. Uh, Team DMD wins by pinfall with a short-arm lariat from Jamie Hayter on Tony Storm. Uh, so um, clearly we are, you know, this uh, this whole feud is not over. We've had, I think, one in one. So we've got to go maybe one more. But this does lead to later in the night them mentioning that Thunder Rosa will defend her title at Battle of the Belts against Jamie Hayter. So Jamie Hayter, with this win, mm-hmm. essentially deserves that shot. Because it's not going to be Tony Storm, even though she's won, they're partners. So I don't think they want to burn that bridge just yet. But honestly, guys, I didn't really have too many problems with this match. I mean, it was really hard hitting. Um, even at one point, Rose was really taking it to Jamie Hader, and I was like, Oh man, is she going a little too hard? Like it looked like at one point Hater was like, Cool it for one second, please let me breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, uh, I didn't have uh, I didn't really have a problem with this match. I thought this was a, a really serviceable match. Everybody looked pretty good. There was some confusion for me at the end. And I even did say it on commentary. Like everybody was in the ring for so long. I, I think Shivani said, does anybody know who's legal anymore? <laughs> uh, and it did become a little muddy there. But we did get to the end and uh, we're off to battle the belt. So Shlong, let me go to you first. What What'd you think of this match? I'm
3: still processing that we saw a match at this time, so it's really hard for me to fully. I <laughs> agree. Give <laughs> my fan, uh, loved the matching gear on Hater and Brett Baker. Um, they're a team team, so that's important. You know, even if they're not always tagging, they're in the same group, so that's really neat. Um, I really liked the match. It was a really good match, hard hitting, a lot of fun. You, you have four of their best wrestlers there. You know, not the four best, but four of the best um, in one match. I really hope we're not setting up Britt versus Rosa again. I'd rather either Rosa versus Storm or Rosa versus Hater, which I know they set up Rosa versus hater, but like really set it up, not this like throw, but as a tag thing, it's great. Um I could sit here. I'm not, you know what? It's not first of all, I'm not the one who usually complains about the women's division here <laughs> I like they do that. But two, when they improve, I'm not gonna take shots. Like I could be complaining about. I have tag ma- there's no tag division yet you have tag teams but that's minor because you have your champ involved in this so that's kind of weird she wouldn't be in a tag belt scene anyway um
1: and and don't mean to cut you off Schlong I mean for me the bigger thing is here's is I don't mind it's a tag match because it's at 8:30 instead of 9:35 and you get to see four female wrestlers in the ring instead of just two well, that,
3: that's kind of what I mean by like, I'm not going to complain when they, they actually did something right that we've been, that we have been complaining about. They gave them a better time. And I think the fans were more into it as a result. I don't think people, I think people were like, holy shit, this is a real match. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just hope they, um, they give Rosa someone other than Britt. That's the only thing I'll say about it coming out. And that's my one fear of this whole rivalry. But as a match itself, I really liked it.
1: And I'll say this, Kate, before we get your take Mark Will, always doing the, the the good work he does here on the women's division, broke it down Thunderstorm versus Baker, Hater, uh, match times, entrances 216, segment one 357, picture in picture 249, segment two 5 minutes 14 seconds, post match 49 seconds. It had a total time of 15 minutes 7 seconds. That's legit time
3: for for any match, not just a women's match. For any match, I mean, five minutes of uninterrupted TV on AEW feels like big deal. So it was very impressive.
2: Yeah the the relief of this was pretty real. Like um, I w- I will say, as somebody that watches the other product, that was the best RAW I've seen in at least three years. And it was pretty much entirely centralized around the return of Bailey and her new faction with Dakota Kai and Yoshirai. And the whole show really kind of was centered around that. This felt like a direct response. Um, Madison Rain coming on board as a coach, I think, is a really, really great move. But well, I disagree with it because I think if you're gonna be an alternative to something, you shouldn't follow the same map as the original, right? But it's very clear that Part of why we keep getting shafted on WWE content is because, or on AEW women's content rather, is that it actually maps what WWE was doing as far as percentage of how many women there are being showcased in the allotted times that there are. So the argument isn't, we need more women on TV. The argument is they need to hire more women. So... We've been complaining about Willow. We've been talking about Diamante being there and not signed. Like, there's that side of it, too. But to me, this felt like a very immediate and direct and necessary response from Tony Khan, um, which I think is great. I think competition should push competition in positive ways. And I think that rules. This felt extremely intentional, and it should. Um, The match itself, I thought, was fantastic. These girls beat the hell out of each other. I don't know if I've seen Britt go that hard in a really, really long time. Um, Thunder Rosa always is, I don't want to say stiff, because it's not like she's out there stiffing anybody. And I certainly don't want to reinforce that idea when she's going out there in a shirt that says sandbagging on it, but um she she lays her shit in. Like there's no doubt about that. She's MMA trained too, which I'm sure is a big part of it. Tony Storm has just been so damn impressive since coming over here, and we all know what Jamie Hayter can do. I think this is being facilitated to set up a Jamie Hader and Britt Baker split. I think that's where we're going with this. Um, I don't think we see Thunder Rosa and Britt run back again. I think we see Britt maybe interfere with Jamie Hayter and say, like, this is too personal between Thunder Rosa and I for you to be the one that's getting the shot or whatever. Something along those lines. So um, I think it's super fun. It was really nice to see a women's match featuring a bunch of talent in a prominent spot on the show that really delivered. Like, I thought the match was actually very strong from Bell to Bell, and it got a full 15 minutes. That's awesome. Like, let's keep that going, because I really don't think it's, like, too much to ask if you're not even going to throw a second match in there to do this. I thought it was a good use of talent, and um, I also thought this was just, like, a cool a cool look from Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. They came out there, and they both looked like stars. It was really, really fun, and I'm always a mark for matching gear, it kind of looked like Cody Rhodes gear, which made me laugh. It was like, they kind of look yeah. a little, a little nightmare family-ish over there. But yeah. um, eventually I think we're going to have to get to a Britt Baker face turn because I just feel like that's inevitable. Um, I don't know how much juice there is left in her being a heel right now, but uh, from what I saw tonight it was very encouraging. And I I feel like kind of a direct response to competition, which is what you want to see out of competition. So yeah, um, Lord knows Triple H put women's wrestling back on the map for a while there in black and gold. If it forces us to to do better in AEW, hell yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a good start, right? If they're going to sort of kickstart things with what the competition is doing. Um, so let's see what happens. And, you know, there's a couple uh, like Marcus Munoz says uh, in the chat, you know, uh, where are Statlander too? We need her there. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think that uh, maybe they're cooling things off. I don't know what's going on. This We didn't see, um, uh, you know, Jade or the baddies this week. So maybe they're just cooling that off for a minute and then we'll see it again. They've still got that whole issue over there. But I think stats are part of this division. that They see big things coming out of her too. And we're going to talk later as we've sort of been peppering in. They have a new women's coach. Uh, we'll talk about that. There was a press release today and a bunch of other, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, assignments with their talent team. So we'll talk about that uh, after we get through Dynamite. But, you know, it could be that they're maybe sort of putting things in a holding pattern for a moment and maybe going to see what happens with their new women's coach, and maybe they're going to fill that out a little bit. So we'll see what happens, but this is a good first step. Uh, the only thing I actually will say that I didn't love during this match, and it's a very nitpicky thing, the sidewalk slam that Tony Storm put on uh, Jamie Hader. Like, I would just say to Tony Storm, uh, depending on who your opponent is, just take that move out of your repertoire. Like, that just didn't look good. It just looked sloppy. But that's a really small thing. Really good match. Really fun. uh, And a pleasure to see women out of that death slot at 930. So, bravo. We move on. We get a video package from Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara. And they let us know that they're not on the show because they're getting married and it's like setting up this whole thing and they're in Paris and they're better than you. And then all of a sudden it cuts and Eddie Kingston's backstage and he's mad about it. He says, you know, Sammy, congratulations. Nobody cares. He shows you how to watch the TV backstage. Uh, And then uh, he says, what people do care about is Eddie getting his receipt and the contract signed for all out. He got it from Tony. Tony, so when he's done with the romance in his marriage, check the mail, sign the contract, because he's going to get it at the pay-per-view. So Kate is excited. We know we've got maybe one match coming for the pay-per-view, and that's all Kate needs. It's sold. She'll be there. Well, she won't be there, but she'll be in front of her television.
2: I might. I might have to. Oh. Wherever Eddie goes, I go. Okay. He's my M and my FMK, if Dan Barry's not watching. um. So I actually like... Dan liked- Barry's not watching. You, no. you never know who's watching i'll put it that way um, i uh i i loved this and not just the eddie part i think it was really a fun move for them to take the go away heat that is on sammy and tay and kind of reverse it like this actually cracked me up with what they did with the segment of this like we are in paris and we are getting married it's such like a it's so shitty and fun. The most beloved couple of whatever. I actually thought that the video package part was a blast. And it just set it was such a perfect softball to set up Eddie Kingston of all people with because he was just like, I don't care. Why don't I get one of these? The only thing I didn't like about this was um the absolute slander from Eddie Kingston on how like you're watching TV the wrong way. I just I thought he was a professional. So I don't understand mm-hmm. why He was pretending like wrestlers shouldn't be watching like this. That's just, that's on him. Um, I feel bad. Like maybe he just was never told, but uh, that's how you watch television. That's how I watch dynamite like this for two hours. Yeah. To get myself in the pro wrestling spirit. You know what I mean? That explains a
3: lot actually.
2: Yeah. It's why, you know how, when I, like before the show, I'm always like trying to stretch and stuff. It's because I've just been. The entire time because I want to feel like I'm there so uh other than that this is just I I love when we get to sh- see shades of Eddie Kingston like this too as as much as I'm enamored with zombie gasoline wielding Eddie Kingston this like silly part of him that gets to come out from time to time is such a blast and I think him and Samuel is a, a, a great follow-up story to to what he did with Jericho I just still need to see him put Chris Jericho in a body bag. Like that booking Mm -hmm. is still so unresolved to me, but if he wants to go beat the shit out of Sammy Guevara in the process, that sounds like a blast. And also just a kudos to the end of blood and guts being so well booked that Eddie Kingston is probably annoyed at Claudio still pissed at Chris Jericho and, you know, threw Sammy off the side of a steel cage. So just perfect booking for someone who that's the rest of the year in stories, if not longer, like that's so perfect. So um, loved this silly little segment from, from Tay and Sammy congrats to them. If they actually are getting married. And um, I think the, I love the lighthearted Eddie Kingston, the I want this cake. Eddie Kingston is such a fun version of Eddie to, to get to see, but learn how to watch television.
1: Oh, harsh words, harsh critic from Kate. do you have anything you'd like to add Kate said it all right she took Mm -hmm. up like 10 minutes okay we'll keep moving.
2: so I love her
1: I know I know it's okay we're just gonna move on um we do get a recap of what happened last week with powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks that's when Taz informs us that he has notified all three members because he said uh He said, I didn't know Starks was going to do a second title match open challenge. I didn't know Hook was going to accept that challenge. And I didn't know Hobbs was going to attack Starks after the match. So he said, I've informed all three men that Team Taz is officially over and done with. He wishes them all the best. Guys, I will just say this before we get into what happens next. This is my favorite uh, definitive breakup of a... Of a faction ever in wrestling because it's just said and it's done like there's no second guessing, you know, like, uh, you know, the faction breaks up the inner circle, but then it doesn't break up and Sammy's back and there's all this stuff. This was the most definitive breakup I've ever heard, and I love it. Just perfect.
2: I really loved. Two, that he said to Hobbs, like, you don't know what Starks is capable of because Hook is a face. And my guess is that he's going to be in Hook's corner moving forward. And so he should be on the side of the face, who is now Ricky Starks in this situation. And we'll get to the match. But I also love the extreme clarity of we're not a thing anymore. And that he wished best to everyone involved, I thought was such a fun play because it doesn't automatically call hook into immediately having a rematch with either of these guys or a match with either of these guys. Like, I thought that was just such a a good thing of like, hey, we amicably split ways. Why? Because down the road, you could reunite. Down the road, you could reunite two thirds of them. Down the road, you could bring Brian Cage into the fold if you wanted or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. if you leave it open like that, there's so many places you can go in the future. And then on top of that, like, um, they're not running hook versus Hobbs or hook versus Starks in the near future. So why would you go out of your way to make it, um, something that is, has animosity in it. Like if that happens again, let it happen organically. Beautiful. Um, but I agree with you. I thought this was so much fun and I just, Taz is such a blast. I love that guy.
1: Also speaking of Taz and hook, uh, they did put uh, a video last week, up on uh the AEW socials of like taz with hook backstage talking about the ftw title and some of the background and stuff like that it was fun to see hook being like a human and a dad and just like i'm proud of you, brother and they, they yeah. give a little bro hug at the end just uh i thought i i said to g that has to be sort of like a cool moment if you're in the business and then you see your own son Doing something like that, that's got to be a very cool moment. So
2: Yeah, and then after an astronomical rise for someone who wasn't even, like, fully sure he wanted to do this, right? Like, what a fun um, trajectory that's been.
1: I mean, and let's be honest, uh, Gresham calls himself the foundation. I mean, Hook's the foundation. Let's be real.
2: He's the foundation. He's all four pillars. He's all the walls.
1: Yeah, he's the building.
2: He's the whole house. House of Hook. Sorry, Swerve. It's the house of Hook.
1: Yeah. We do go into the match it's Ren Jones versus Powerhouse Hobbs and no contest brother it's Will Hobbs with a win by pinfall with a lariat post match absolute Ricky Starks flies down to the ring to attack Hobbs uh unfortunately Hobbs does get the best of him with the uh the power uh not the power slam sorry the uh whatever you know what I'm talking about I'm fucking can't think of it I'm tired uh Spinebuster <laughs> Buster, there it is i'm like it's a sidewalk slam power slam no fuck it i just move it on um so obviously there there there's this issue and hobbs is the face or not hobbs starks is the face so um we're gonna see where this goes i'm assuming this might have to play out you know at the all-out pay-per-view or maybe even in new york city at uh grand slam so should be a lot of fun not too much to talk about the match
2: yeah, this was all in the post match. Ren, what was his name? Ren Jones was it?
1: Doesn't Ren matter something? if he's a splatter on the canvas now.
2: That's a tough payday.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will also say this very interesting. Hobbs coming out of the Cody position on the ramp.
2: Oh yeah. Yes, but he doesn't
3: raise but but he doesn't raise up from the ground, right? Just the thing lifts over him. He's too yeah. big. Yes, the elevator tried to go up, but just got stuck. He, just <laughs> he won't even fit
1: through the hole. He's that just too big.
2: Is what she said. Thank you. Boom.
1: So we do get a Miro promo. Uh He's basically calling Malachi Black a pagan, and he says, "What that, about
2: the uh, post match with Ricky Starks?"
1: We talked about. You just said. You said it. Go ahead, Kate. Go it's ahead. This is my he's favorite
2: a- story in wrestling right now. I think, like, I am loving. I loved the tenacity that Ricky came down to the ring with and he just came throwing hands. He was, he doesn't care about the size disparity. He came to beat the shit out of him. Um, which I, I don't know. I just like the way Starks has executed this face turn, I feel like has been unbelievable. And I'm so invested in such a short amount of time. I can't remember a non title centric story that I cared about this much. Maybe I, I guess punk and MJF was, pretty incredible stuff. Um, but I, I'm just in love with this story. And I'm loving seeing Ricky Starks get the shine that he deserves. And Hobbs, like another one of these young guys who are who's growing up in front of us doing such a good job. Like, I think we've talked a lot about Starks and Garcia and Wheeler and stuff. But like, I don't think Hobbs is there in the ring yet. But he feels so important now. Um, and I think this feud is doing wonders for, for both of them. So but we can move on. I just, I wanted to circle back because no, that's it's, fine. It's my favorite story. I think right now,
1: <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I thought you had said your piece Kate. I didn't mean to move on. And, no, and long. I, I didn't mean to move on without anything you wanted to add either. If you'd like to add something here.
3: Nah, Kate's covering all of it. I'm just going to let her go. <laughs> Aggressive.
1: All right. Well, we're going to go uh, to the Miro promo now. Um, you know, he basically is just calling Malachi Black a pagan and basically says that he's evil and that eventually he's going to reveal himself. So clearly we're still working on Miro and Malachi Black. Uh, interesting note. I don't know if you guys noticed he did not show that uh, left eye. That left eye was in the darkness off camera. So last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was, when we saw him, he came out in sunglasses and it looked like there was a patch over that eye. So don't know what's going on there. Should be interesting. Hell yeah. We also get a Darby Allen promo out of commercial where he takes credit. Oh, uh, Darby avant-garde. Sorry. <laughs> um, it wasn't black and white, so it should be Darby avant-garde. Um, <laughs> so Darby um, cuts a promo and he's taking credit for Brody King getting hired by EW. He's the one who went and said, uh, you know, that they should hire him. And he says, now he's going to shut the lid on this coffin next week. And he shows he's been tattooing his hand. And he said, you know, I'm going to close the coffin on you next week. So a quake by the lake, we're going to get the coffin match Brody King versus Dobby Allen. Sorry, Dobby avant-garde. And also a fun thing to this. I don't know if you guys saw it on social over the last week. um, Brody King, two things on Brody King. One. He got uh, the tattoo of the tombstone with Darby Allen's name on it, or it says like R.I.P. Darby Allen.
0: Lies, That's commitment. I think. I love whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter.
1: It's commitment like a motherfucker. <laughs> and the second favorite Brody thing I saw on socials this week, Mrs. Money actually sent it to me. For those who don't know, he, um, Brody King is the front man for a hardcore group called God's Hate. Uh, one word. I think they're fucking rad. They played, I think, the Sound and Fury Fest uh, out in California. This past weekend, and there is a video of him uh, on stage and he takes a running start from the side stage and he goes to do a stage dive, a front flip stage dive into the crowd and they slow it down in slow motion. And all I kept thinking was uh, if I was there in that front of the crowd the whole time, that's probably how reality looked slowed down because that is a giant man. To be doing a front flip stage dive onto your head,
2: the uh, way I would just dart and not break his fall at all, in the slightest.
1: Oh, I mean it. It's just it. It was impressive to see, but at the same time, uh, it is it. It was frightening. I don't. I don't know what else I could say besides, it was absolutely frightening. Actually, I have it here if you want to see it.
2: I do want to
1: see it. All right, hold on. Kate we'll wants to see it. Kate's going to see it. Sorry, guys. Hold on. And for <laughs> those of you who are uh, listening uh, or not watching this, you uh, you won't get to see it. Hang on here. Here we go. I think this is as big as I can make it. So uh, you could see he's pacing the stage. And here we go. He gets a running start. Slow motion. Here he goes. Oh, he didn't do a front flip this time. Sorry, I misrepresented that. But still, that is a that giant. That might be worse.
2: Man. That's not yeah. better.
1: <laughs> that is a giant man to be coming down on your head. You can see all the, that kid. It's like, oh, does his thing? But yeah, that is a giant man to be coming at you from a stage. Uh, I just immediately
2: dart away. I would just immediately be gone.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive. So uh, two things on uh, on Brody King that I thought were fun this week. So uh, the tattoos uh, are a fun twist. I mean, I don't think Darby's really got a palm tattoo, but you never know. He's avant-garde.
2: It's true. And I liked that he I liked this Darby avant-garde because it had some sincerity to it. Like he said that he was the guy that was like, oh, you gotta, you gotta sign Brody King. Like, you gotta bring this guy into the company. And that, like, basically Birdie King had chosen to to align himself with the wrong people. And I just liked that, that there was, like, a, a clearly told story behind Darby avant-garde, which made the avant-garde part um, a little bit more satiable, I would say.
1: True. Also... Um comment from jesse Ozog: uh nice of the manager at hot topic to let darby film in the break
2: room. <laughs> Very true. it was
1: it also it did was. not look like a sanitary place for darby to be tattooing his own palm no i'm just please. gonna say that
2: not great
1: doesn't look like it followed any health codes no. schlong anything you'd like to add uh
3: the darby videos do nothing for me i'm gonna be quite honest go. so it's just kind of
1: like whatever
2: my God, Ryan, it, who likes everything, isn't I know. That I was just gonna say. Of
1: a negative moment for for the Rye guy.
2: My God, he's just always shitting on everything.
1: Seriously, he's gotta get out. More.
2: Next, next get thing you know, over. he's gonna be like, "Come on, you fucking hand jobs."
1: Whoa, that's gimmick infringement. That's that's gimmick infringement, like when somebody used to do a weekly pizza read for Matt, and then somebody else stole it live on the air. And it never happened again.
2: And neither of them are with the Mark no. podcast anymore. No, so.
1: neither of them are Marks on this podcast. Um, no. All right, let's move on. We get the grudge match uh, or the, the rivalry restarted Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Uh, they wheeled out JR at this point in the show as well. Um, so Christian Cage uh, winds up winning by pinfall with the kill switch post-match, Cage uh, is able to slide a couple chairs in the ring, but that's when Luchasaurus music hits and he makes his entrance. Uh, And commentary is saying, well, you know, Jungle Boy is not here. Oh, to uh, their amazement, um, it was all a distraction. The Jungle Man uh, wearing his shirt that says Christian is a pussy slides in from behind with a chair, but Christian does manage to get away. So clearly the jungle man and Christian still have issues here. It's not personal. If you ask me, Christian didn't make it personal. Jungle man did. So.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. He brought his dead father into this. Anthony. No,
1: I don't think that happened. I don't think you are just
2: under the same spell as your wife is.
1: Well, speaking of Mrs. Money, tune in Saturday night to the battle of the Belts special. We're going to do live after battle of the belts. We've got an FMK. That's going to happen. We know that for sure. And if you're lucky, you'll hear an hour of Tony Neese talk. It's Talking Tony on the Mark Order Podcast bonus show. And I don't mean me, Tony. I mean Neese.
2: Or Shining Wizards, Tony. We're talking no, about.
1: Definitely not Shining Wizards, Tony. Nobody that... wants to talk about him.
2: No. We're talking about the app man himself, Tony Neese.
1: So, Schlong, I'm going to you here first since you say Kate's talking about everything and stealing all your thunder. I didn't um, say
3: anything. I just, she was covering the points. I was letting her go.
1: No, it's okay. Kate, he said you were stealing all of the talking points and that he would like to get a word in at some point, so I'm going to throw it to Ryan first.
2: No, that's fine. I don't want to take up too much room on this podcast.
1: That's fine. That's fine. I mean, we're here for it. Um, so Shalong, what did you think of this match? Because I'm, I'll be honest with you, like I I didn't need this match. Like they they could have given me something else, but like they're just advancing the story. So, I don't I don't know, what'd you think?
3: I didn't really care about the match. I like the stories surrounding the match. I like Matt Hardy earning his penance. That's a really interesting character development that I've kind of been enjoying. It's been funny on BTE when he's just getting beat up in the background and stuff like that. Um, And, of course, I love the Christian Jungle Boy story. And you had to know Jungle Boy was coming out. Again, it was one of those predictable things, but it was okay because... Again, I'm just here to enjoy myself and it's enjoyable to see the Christian act like scared for a second confused um, but smart enough to know what was going to happen and get out of the ring so he still has that savviness so I, I liked it
1: all around but the match was all I wonder if he play. ran I wonder if he ran off like he said you know because he was worried about what he would do if he got his hands on Jungle Boy
3: he's so good as a heel because he says all the things that douchebag kids used to say when they were like really annoying and you just want to hit them. Like, I I, I didn't want to fight you because I could really hurt you. Or why are you bringing that up? Like what? It's like, is that really annoying? Get you hated. And that's Christian as an adult. And it's perfect.
2: It's just nice to hear Ryan finally say something positive on this podcast. Like he's just always talking about Darby's video packages and how they're the worst thing to happen to wrestling and how they're ruining the business. Um, Thank you Rob Humphrey in the chat for mentioning that I hardly have a chance to voice my opinion on a wrestling podcast. Like it's extremely rare that I even get this opportunity. So if you're just going to criticize me for trying to make the most of it, I don't know what to do. Uh, but you know, I I think it's fun. It was a nostalgia play. That's fine. I think they have to obviously figure out something for Matt Hardy to do now that Jeff is going to be away for the foreseeable future. So I'm sure that was part of it like it's fun to put him in as the vehicle there to advance the other story right that's kind of something that we've seen come out of the the tony Khan playbook a lot is let me use this other guy to advance a different story which is a playbook that i like because it it keeps it fresh and interesting and and gets you out of a rematch trap so uh yeah i thought this was super fun and i this was fun for jungle boy like why not um I, i like this jungle boy edge but uh, but yeah, why not run run back the nostalgia for fun? Make it 2004.
1: <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you said the word Edge, and it made me think. Um, did you guys see? Did you guys see the meme going around? And maybe it's sure old did. with the PC principal side by side with Edge.
2: Oh no, that was from this week, buddy. Yep.
1: <laughs> okay, good. I'm not that far behind.
2: It was so I was good. <laughs> I can't unsee
1: it. It's true. They were like, "You'll never unsee this," and I was like, "You're right." Looks That's
2: like what PC I'm saying. PC. Only Christian, man.
1: So we do get the red death Daniel Garcia interviewed backstage, and he talks about beating Brian Danielson. He says he's the dragon slayer, uh, and he'll be happy to slay the dragon again whenever Brian is ready. So cocky Daniel Garcia entering the rankings. Just like, you know, he's still hanging out. And we also get a video package of PAX defense of the uh, All-Atlantic Championship uh that uh I think they aired on one of the darks this week, I don't remember I think it was just dark, not elevation,
2: straight up dark yeah and
1: um and uh the interesting thing there is that he's uh he's very annoyed with boxhead Kipsabian
2: I wish I had a box
1: me too oh, that's another great <laughs> clip uh thanks kate um. So, uh, just a couple things to mention there. And then we go live in the ring with Ethan Page. And he starts going on and on about why isn't he on TV every week? Why doesn't he have an action figure? Why isn't he uh, on the side of production trucks? And he says he deserves better. And Stoke makes his way to the ring while he's talking. He sort of slides in behind him. And Ethan keeps going on, talking about, uh well that's close kate
2: it's the best i could do on such short notice
1: okay well Ethan's that's not even close yeah i mean
2: i said it short notice ryan
1: well you have a week to find a box to put on your head
2: that's what she said or he said yeah i've
1: been trying for 35 years haven't had the luck so i don't know come on ryan we'll fix that at fozzy weekend um so Ethan keeps going on about nobody's buying his t-shirts. Uh, and that's when he finally notices Hathaway in the ring and Hathaway takes the mic and asks him what he's doing, whispers in his ear. And that's when he hands him a card and Ethan page takes it. So the thing of note here for me guys is it looks like maybe the, uh, you know, top team thing is done.
2: Hallelujah.
1: So it's fun. Uh, Okay. And then here's where we're at next. This got a big. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what that says.
2: It says underrated over it. I'm trying to.
1: Oh, that's not Trying to be Kip
2: Sabian. What I liked about this segment was Ethan Page deserves to be on my television in a prominent spot because he's really great. And then on top of that, not every manager needs to be a mouthpiece all the time for everyone. And I think those two have just become so synonymous over the years that this was a really nice reminder that like a manager is also supposed to help you strategically and set up matches for you and interfere and do all these other storytelling things that are more than just cutting promos because you suck at talking. So I was just really relieved to see a Ethan Page back on my screen again. And B, it was just a nice reminder, a refresher of, like, the role of a manager being expansive beyond being a mouthpiece, because I think Stokely's building up this faction that so far has Lee Moriarty and Ethan Page in it. Like, that's fantastic news. And additionally, it means Dan Lambert is no longer on my television. So I really appreciate it. I think Stokely is the type of manager who's obsessed with the pay window. So that's, like, the perfect person to pair with someone who's already a strong promo. And I think... Uh, the blueprint, the footprint of Stokely Hathaway continues to build. So he is not being underrated. And for that reason, I am not over it.
1: Well, I'm going to put up for discussion here what Mark Quill has in the chat. He said uh, he saw some speculation that Stoke was working for MJF, and it made him wonder, especially with how he's courting overlooked aew stars like moriarty and he, and uh ethan page mark will also said that Stokes sent out a tweet with a blanks with blank spaces next to ego and moriarty so it's interesting here what's going on
2: isn't that a taylor swift song blank spaces
1: i have no I've got idea. a
2: blank space baby and i name
1: I don't like Taylor Swift. Boys so
2: only fun love if it's a torture or something like that. Oh, it's sad. She's pretending she doesn't know I as she didn't. sings
3: more and
1: more lyrics. I it know. Was
2: coming to me in the moment, Ryan. Stop underrating I muted you,
1: Kate. It's okay. I muted you.
2: I'm over it. Like, Good. Sabian, and I'm going to challenge for the All-Atlantic title.
1: Well, can I tell you what I'm not over? I'm not over Angelo Parker and Daddy Magic <laughs> Matt Menard.
2: I want to uh, know what makes his nipples hard, Aunt.
1: That got a huge pop in my house. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what makes his nipples hard is that Chris Jericho is going to win the world title a second time. And Tony begins to question that, and Parker starts to berate him for not believing. Uh, he also pulls out his... Uh, his uh comb switchblade is switchblade comb uh in front of tony uh and he says that the jas are just keeping uh just keeps getting better and jay says uh or anna jay says that she's the sexiest and toughest and she'll choke Shivani out, she'll choke the camera guy out, she'll choke the crew guy out. And then she actually did go and choke the crew guy out. Uh so watch out for Anna Jay. We talked about it before. Uh you know Schlong's into it. I'm not that sold on this yet, but I get what they're trying to do. Just don't love it.
2: Uh, not to play too much comparison between brands, but on Monday, Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo, a great promo. And in the middle of it, he took the mic from the interviewer's hand. And before he took it, he said, may I? To Sarah Schreiber. And I just think we need to start treating Tony Shavani with some more goddamn respect and stop threatening to choke him out, stop calling him an asshole, stop stepping in front of him, stop ripping the mic out of his hands. Just a, a simple may I would be hey, nice. Hey Kate? hey, Kate. What?
3: Cut the shit. Oh. Yeah.
2: See? Done. You can say it to me because who the fuck am I? That's Tony fucking Schiavone out there, okay? Respect for Tony Schiavone. But I am somewhere in between you two. This isn't working for me yet. I think that it is it's I I think it's I'm hoping it's gonna get there. I like this better than her being like I am sexy and that is all I have. Um her being violent is good, but just like, you know, it's not the crew guy's fault that you're so that you're so cranky all of a sudden, Anna. What what do you have against the crew guy? He's probably just trying to help. That's rude. <laughs>
1: Well, um, I do have this question uh, from Asian Joe for Ryan mm-hmm. Schlong. Uh, are you into Anna J's character or get into getting choked out by her? This Those is a very interesting question.
2: Not mutually exclusive either. You could be. No. both.
1: Okay. So
3: there's two things here. One, they're not mutually exclusive. Are we talking Ryan or the captain here?
1: We're talking Ryan. He addressed Schlong, not the captain. Okay.
3: Well, then Ryan just I'm into the character.
1: Okay. Hey, listen, we're not here to kink shame you, Ryan.
3: I'm not, but if you wanted the captain's answer, it would be a different
1: answer. Well, I'm sure the captain would like to choke her. That's the character. That's what it seems like. uh, Not her. All right. Well, moving on in the card, we get the gun club versus the acclaimed in the dumpster match here. So, of course, the rules are you have to get both of your opponents in the dumpster and close the (laughs) lid. And so... um, we do get some back and forth. Uh, there's a lot of shit going on here. And cutting to the end of the match, uh, we do get up on the ramp. Um, Austin Gunn is above the, uh, the tunnel, and he's waiting uh, up there for something, and that's when Max Caster sneaks up behind him, and he tosses him uh, off the, the entry tunnel into the dumpster. And that's when Bowen sets up Colton on the table, And Caster hits the mic drop off the tunnel through the table. They get Gunn Austin into the dumpster and they close the ass boys in. After the match, they zip tie the dumpster closed. And that was also a point in Mrs. Bunny's uh, analysis. Uh, They're pretty big, strong men. I hope they can break that zip tie. I said, yes, that's a great (laughs) point. But... um, They zip tie it closed and then they work their way over the edge, uh, to the edge of the platform or to the stage and they throw the dumpster off. Um, so, um, uh, the interesting thing there is that the dumpster did a complete flip, um, and landed, uh, top down. I wonder if that was supposed to go that way. It did not look like it, but either way, um, I don't know, guys, the match was what it was. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of these types of matches, but, you know, Kate, what's your thought here?
2: This isn't my favorite thing in the world either, but for the acclaimed versus the ass boys, like this is a perfectly fine blow off to be.
3: So, and I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was a lot of fun. (laughs)
2: No, continue, Pumpkin Patch. Go right ahead. <laughs>
1: he popped himself hard. He can't even, he can't even He's speak. He's
2: crying. He is. He's I crying. I like he loves cutting off women's voices so much. <gasps>
1: misogynist.
2: Um, he is a misogynist. Thank you very much. Um.
1: Hey, Kate, I'm here to hear what you have to say. Thank I'm an you. ally. Thank
2: you, you can aunt. speak. I appreciate that about you. Nice to know I have some of them in this world.
1: I'm here for you, Kate. Go ahead. I'd love to hear what you have to say.
2: I just I thought it was a fun blow off for the acclaimed versus the ass boys. What is with Ryan heel turn central over here? I don't every like once,
1: it. Every once in a while, he gives it to us on a on a given week. We can't predict it though. It's not like every four weeks. Sometimes it's sooner. Sometimes it's later. You know. It's fucking.
2: Know. It's fucking rude. But this for, for me, this was perfectly fine because of who was involved. Like the Acclaim versus the Ass Voices. That's perfectly acceptable. Bowen's bump into the trash cans I thought was really fun. Um, and I thought Bowen's or Max Caster's rap was good here with the Vince McMahon pop. And the Biden pop, like he seemed to have found his rhythm of how to be edgy without being over the line, which I think is good. Uh, which basically means just don't make jokes about rape on national television. Uh, but yeah, I, I this is not my favorite match in the world. I think this would have been a really fun opener to Rampage. Like I kind of mm-hmm. wish, like because Rampage feels like such a field trip over there. But this was totally fine. Um, Bones is the the best wrestler in and all of this and probably did the least. So it's not like my favorite thing in the world. But. Um, but perfectly fine for the two teams that were involved and they, I don't think they've done a dumpster match yet. And I don't think we've seen one in like 20 years. So (laughs) I'll take it. This was, this was perfectly fine.
1: Ryan, there is a question here for you again. Uh, How many times Rob Humphrey wants to know how many times have you beaten uh, down cancel culture?
3: So the reason I haven't had to beat down cancel culture is no one cares enough to cancel me. Is
2: that a challenge?
3: Oh boy. No, it's, I mean, you can try, but no one's going to care. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, please don't. No, I mean, you could try, but everybody would be like, who? Um, The guy who lets his name be a dick joke. Bowen's uh... <laughs> had in this match one of the best super kicks I've ever seen. I don't know why. Like, it just it was so fast and so on the money it was unbelievable
2: on the on the money
3: on the money oh the money there it is but yeah i'm with i mean this was would have been better on rampage but i kind of get why they put it here you know give a little break before the main event it was was fun i love fun you know i forget who said it one of the one wrestler out there said it that wrestling is a variety show it's not a you know, in a single act, you want to have different things. And this was something different. I do wonder with you, Ant, like what was the actual end game with the dumpster going over? Was it supposed to flip? Um,
1: there were a lot of people who ran out and they moved the camera away quickly. So my guess is it was not supposed to flip over.
3: <laughs> my real hope is that this was a magic trick and we just missed them going out the back of the dumpster.
2: That's what I was looking for, to be honest
3: yeah that's kind of what did you see the foot under it
1: yes um i did uh even mrs money was like haha his foot is like dangling out of it i'm like no that thing's heavy (laughs) that's that's no good but i mean i think even um i think i had heard uh either uh mick foley or terry funk talk about when they went over the edge in the dumpster that i think that they had like straps or something to hold on to, but it's still not enough to prepare you for. Well,
3: you noticed that that dumpster was not empty.
1: No, there was packing peanuts in it. I mean, it yeah, was like in
3: some ways I wonder, like it might've been safer than half the bumps they take.
1: <laughs> yeah. I still don't. It definitely wasn't supposed to flip like that. Certainly seems like it's true, but yeah, listen, it's, it's a gimmick match. I mean, you had the gun club come out in trash collector, you know, garbage man uniforms, basically, so what more were you gonna expect out of this match? But some fun stuff. Uh check it out if you're into it. Um guys, we got some footage uh from the Ric Flair last match, Bunkhouse Battle Royal. We saw old Mance Warner sure uh, winning. And we are informed that he's gonna get to fight John Moxley on Rampage uh in an eliminator match. So if uh if Manser can get a win he's gonna get a shot at that interim title i don't know if you guys know this mance warner's over in florida um
2: that rules that match is gonna be yeah. awesome
1: yeah no i have no problem with mancer
2: Hell yeah. um
1: just seems like out of left field but i'll take it i'll take
3: yeah. it i'm okay they're doing this with mox having an interim title because if it was the main title i would want more actual stories booked but since it's interim, I don't care as much because you can have a little bit more fun with it. So, you know, I just feel like it,
1: it's probably better off. What happened there? Kate, why'd you leave?
2: Yeah, Kate, why'd you leave? was my choice. I know. I Ryan think it was, was your choice. Ryan was just being so negative again.
1: He's very negative tonight.
2: He's very negative. He's got to get out more. He's so rude. No,
1: I go out, I get COVID.
2: Oh, cry me a river! I talked to you, but you've had it three times.
3: <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm pretty sure you're three the different zero. Yo, listen. True.
1: That's
2: all.
1: Uh, we also found out Madison Rain's gonna make her debut on Rampage. We're gonna talk about Madison Rain momentarily. We get a video package for Claudio defending his world championship against. Kansuke Takshida. Um, Takeshita. Or Takeshita, sorry. Excuse me. On yeah, rampage. Brian. Or at the Battle of the Belt, excuse me. Um, and so now we're into the main event. Buster, my goodness.
2: We're getting to the main event. I know He's very upset that we, Brian's been so negative today.
1: It happens. The energy is palpable. You know what? You guys wonder why I'm negative. It's because the chat is attacking me.
2: Asian Joe saying I'd rather
3: stay home. No,
2: that's not what he said. That's what
3: he said. I know, but I didn't want to say it.
1: (laughs) It's right, Asian Joe. We were texting back and forth before, and I said, I'm gonna get some water ice, W O O T E R. Water.
3: And I got all your texts as the show started.
1: (laughs) Your your phone is as bad as Kate's was like two years ago. You gotta I'm
3: blaming you. I have no problem but but with our group thing.
1: What uh, what service are you using, sir? AT&T. Oh, come on! There's your problem. The two of you,
2: Ryan. If you don't want to be a part of the group, all you have to do is say so. Okay.
1: Just ignore everything, then. Fine. We're at the main event, fellas. Jericho versus Yuda, and um, was... what?
2: And dames. Well, I mean, it's just
1: it's just uh, it wasn't meant to be like guys like Sexist boys
2: already. Excuse me. Ice. Me? He's already sexist. What? Why are you pointing
1: ally? The- My apologies. I just see everybody equally, and I didn't think about it like that. And I'll have to think about it differently now. Okay. So, lady and gentlemen, um uh we're at the main event. Jericho versus Wheeler Utah and whoever wins this gets the shot against uh John Moxley at Quake by the Lake for the title. Him. Uh, and uh, Jericho does come out with uh, with 2.0, and Claudio Castagnoli shows up uh, to even the odds. Eventually, uh, they do get sent to the back, uh, so uh, we are just left with Yuta and uh, Jericho. Uh, let's cut to the end of this match. Jericho is able to win by submission with the Lion Tamer, uh, saving his title match at Quake by the Lake. Post-match, Jericho is refusing to break the hold, and that's when John Moxley makes the save. Chris one runs away, but he does have a mic and he calls Mox out and says that he just unleashed the demon and opened Pandora's box because next week, if he wants the last survivor of Stu Hearts Dungeon, he wants the lion's heart, well, he's got it. But he says he's gonna stretch the shit out of John Moxley and walk out the new AEW champion. You can guarantee it. And that's the lion fart, Chris Jericho. Whoa, negative.
2: So negative.
1: Seriously, <laughs> if you wanted to hook you, would be hooked. Um. So, Kate, Kate, we haven't heard much from you tonight. I'd like to know what you thought of this main event and the post-match.
2: Thank you, Aya. I appreciate you leaving space for me to discuss my thoughts because it's so rare that I talk about wrestling. Um, I would say that it was definitely time for the main event which was great. The match was awesome. Like young Wheeler Utah really continues to grow in front of us. And I think um, it was such a fun stipulation because either way it's interesting, right? Either we get a former champ versus a current champ who was also a former champ, despite being interim champ, or, or we get like mentor versus student, which both of those are really fun things. And it's just fun to have stakes closing the show that aren't necessarily directly related to the world title, their world title adjacent, right? It's for a shot at it. So that was just a fun piece of storytelling and a playbook that they don't go to too often in AW. So I really liked it. Um, and I thought the, the match was great. Like, this was fun. This is like the future versus the current moving into the past. Like, I think it's possible that this is like a Jericho retirement run, the way he's bringing out all of the shades of his past. But even if not, like it's it's very fun storytelling. I've loved this whole Jericho Appreciation Society rollout minus the Eddie booking of the last thing we did, but him coming out we're there with the broken nose already, like he's a gamer, whether you love him or hate him. Like Jericho yeah. gets in there with his opponent. So I thought this was a blasting. The full lime tamer at the end was great, and I thought the finish made sense. Loved the stuff with Claudio, it made sense to want it even the numbers game um And it's just such an easy way to get a pop for not really doing anything, right? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah,
2: Claudio, come out! Everybody's super excited for for him to to come out in the main event. He doesn't really have to do much, um but a, a really fun way to close the show. And I I just loved the storytelling around it. I thought that w- those were fun stakes to to put into play here.
1: One note I had to Claudia was, "You're a champ, brother. Put that belt around your waist. Yeah! What are you doing?
2: Yeah, put the belt on. Get it out
1: there, Schlong. What'd you think of this? This was a really good match. Oh,
0: thank God.
3: I hated it, but it was a really good match. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the logic of okay, they bring out their guys, so I bring out my guy. Their guys go away, so my guy goes away because I believe I could beat you one on one. Like, there's a lot of logic there that I appreciate. Um, and I'm fine that you'd have lost because Jericho is still Jericho. It's not like you know jericho's rick flair and you're like how did you to lose this match it makes a lot of sense i think you looked awesome i think he, he's he's just becoming more and more of a star uh i really hope jericho does not beat mox because i have and i'm not even a, i don't even hate jericho i just don't have any interest in him being champion um i'm very curious to see what he looks like when he walks out as the lion heart mm-hmm like, what, what is his gear going to be? What is his hairstyle going to be? Give him credit. When he goes into stuff like this, he puts a ton of thought into it. He puts thought into stuff that no one else will ever notice or pay attention to. I mean, that's the one thing you can't knock on the guy. He actually, you know, uh, there, there's things he mentions. And he's like, I did this, and it's because of this. And you're like, no one ever would pick this up but he does it. So I really, so I'm just so curious. What's it going to be? That all being said, I really wanted William Regal to walk down at the end and be the reason Jericho let go of the hold. I knew it had to be Mox. Like I, I get the logic. I'm not faulting them. It's better wrestling the way they did it, but everything in me wanted it to be, to be regal. To walk down and just smack the shit out of jericho and have him be the reason because i just think that would have been a lot of fun
2: i think we'll get that at some point i don't know if that's here but i i we gotta have a jericho regal like proper standoff at some point right he's so good on commentary too we should talk about that real fast of yeah him saying he's just so good at putting over opponents and part of it is the gimmick that he walked into right like if the idea is we're the best in the world, and that means our opponents do smart things and we overcome them. That's such a great thing to do on a commentary. So when he says things like, I know Jericho has an answer for everything that gets thrown out there, and in some ways has more answers than what I've been able to provide, it's a great way to put over a, a heel. Like <laughs> it's so good, but because the whole idea is this like iron sharpens iron situation, um, it just fits so naturally, but God, he's just been so such hundred percent value since coming over recall, like never taking the spotlight away from the story ever, but adding so much to the story. Like it's never about him, but he just fills in all of these different layers. Like I just, I love it. I love seeing him on, on a W every week. It's so good.
3: Think about when, when uh, Yuda had his match against uh, Garcia at um ring of, you know, uh, death before dishonor, the little details of like we told you to he can't use a rope rig, and you to never use a rope rig. Yeah. and it added something like you you think you think more, you think more of the character of Yuda now you're like oh shit this guy didn't truthfully what's sad is Jericho can be just as insightful, but he yells too much for you to care. Like I want I almost want Regal to go to Jericho and be like you actually do say a lot of really smart things on commentary just stop yelling.
0: Literally, because
3: that regal says brilliant stuff and he's better, but like part of it too is he doesn't yell at you, yeah. So you're like, it's, I'm actually gonna good. listen to what you're saying
2: at 11 o'clock on a Friday or whatever,
1: yeah, <laughs> right,
2: yeah,
1: right. Well, all I know is it should be fun at Quake by the Lake. We'll get to see the Lionheart. Uh, I'm guessing he's gonna do the uh, you know, maybe the pom pom at the top of his head, like the little ponytail. Maybe he'll have uh, some, not streamers, but maybe he'll have his biceps, you know, the strings around the biceps. He's got to wear long spandex pants with some sort of weird stripe design on it, right? Um, I don't think he had fringe or anything like that, although I know he had a jacket back in the day as the Lionheart. He had a vest. The the vest that it didn't have fringe on it. I think at one point, too, he had a fringy jacket. No, he did
3: have a jacket, too, that had fringe, you're right, and he had a vest, too.
1: He had both. Could be either one. Yeah. Could be either one. <laughs> but it should be a lot of fun. And this episode of Dynamite was a lot of fun tonight. So we'll see what happens. But what I know, guys, is we've got a few news and notes before we wrap things up here tonight. Uh, looks like the injury bug has hit two more members of the AEW roster. Um Uncle Dax. Uh, Harwood sent out uh, a tweet that said, The day after death before dishonor, there was a photo, swollen eye, stiff neck, fucked up shoulder, but you keep going all for the love of the game. Well, apparently, according to the Wrestler Observer newsletter, the fucked up shoulder is a torn labrum. Um, that apparently is, uh, the same injury that, uh, Cole's been working through for a few months. No word yet on the plans, but, um, you know, it, it sounds like uh, he doesn't expect to take too much time off. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens there. There was also another report from T- PWI, uh, or the PW Insider, uh, and they said that Dante Martin suffered a knee injury while wrestling Sammy Guevara on July 27th Dynamite. There's none, They're not sure of the exact diagnosis, but Martin was favoring his right leg during the match and was seen on crutches backstage afterwards. So let's hope. It's not too bad, because they need these guys to wrestle.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Dax is a tough one.
1: That's Especially. a big one. Uh, also, we were talking about uh, Big Stoke before. Uh, if you guys haven't seen, uh, there was uh, a video that was going around on Twitter. Uh, big Stoke uh, on July 26th said, I'd respect Wheeler Yuta a little more if he won every pure title defense by slap boxing." purest technique known to man and um you know you'd have caught that uh because he went to collect for an impromptu pure championship title fight using slapbox style uh william regal and paul turner made sure it was official uh and the um that could be seen on stokes uh twitter i am
2: dying to know if that counts as a title defense like they should they should count that as a title defense
1: should be if he it did was, put his title online.
2: I would say a squash because it was really just Stoke getting hit upside the head once. A lot of Stokely getting hit upside the, the head in his short tenure in AEW so far.
1: got a hittable head, I guess.
2: I guess so. I felt like Chris Statlander should face Wheeler now and they should Very have true. an intergender slap box match.
1: Guys, the long awaited Fight Forever console game from AEW is getting closer to seeing the light of day. They did put out uh, a little video today saying that THQ was the, uh, was the uh, publisher behind the game uh, or the developers. And uh, it looks like it's available. I mean, this all broke earlier in the day, but tonight they mentioned on TV, it is available for pre-order or wish listing or whatever it is on each different system. I think it's 60 bucks. Uh, there's a release date in some places listed as 1231 2022 but it's New Year's Eve and a Saturday, so that is just likely a placeholder. But I'm going to be very interested in this game. I like wrestling games. Um, I fell off the 2K bandwagon when I really stopped watching the product, and also those games really went downhill with all the bugs and the glitches. So um, this will be fun. And if it's anything like uh, what we've seen and they're going to have, I think, uh, I think they're going to have another event uh, coming up uh, where they're going to show, I think, maybe some gameplay footage. But it's very interesting. It says it combines nostalgic arcade wrestling feel with uh, innovative all elite wrestling finishers and offensive moves. Talent roster combines biggest legends to enter the ring, plus brand new high flying AEW stars. Single tag team, three-way, four-way, ladder, casino uh, battle royals, false count anywhere, unsanctioned lights out matches, exploding barbed wire death matches, and online co-op multiplayer matches. Uh, And tag team matches feature a sequence of team maneuvers performed with simple commands. So sounds like it could be a fun game. I'm interested. I always like wrestling games. So we'll see what happens. Shlong, is that something that you're into? I love wrestling games. I have 2K. Um,
3: it has mini games, which is, I'm not criticizing them because it's weird. You don't typically see them even in like the old school arcade games. I don't remember mini games, but I'm not going to judge anything by that because you have no idea of their placement.
2: Well, about um, time you don't judge something.
3: Yeah, seriously. But, you know, if, if, if it's in the middle of a match, it could really hurt the game. But if it's like a fun little side thing, because it like, who cares? um Ryan I'm glad they didn't
2: fun little side pieces is what i'm hearing from
3: this um i'm glad they didn't go uh the 2k route because that game already exists you have to do something different so I'm, I'm i'm fairly excited for it but i'm tempering my excitement until i see like you know one of those uh extended previews where they let people play it
1: yeah i think that's coming up <clears throat> excuse me i think that's coming up uh, in a few weeks later this month um and also to note to close loop on this, it looks like this is going to be on all the major gaming platforms Switch, PlayStations, Xboxes, all that kind of stuff. So pre-order it, do whatever you gotta do. Um, interesting uh recent AEW trademark filing for all elite women is leading to some speculation that there may be some new show that will be created for women on the roster. So who knows? Kate, any interest movement.
2: there? in the women's division all of a sudden, which makes me very happy. I'm hoping it is a symptom of competition, Um, but I'm intrigued for sure about what that's going to be, if that's going to be a reality show, if it's going to be a pay-per-view, like who knows what that's going to look like. But um, I, of course I'm, I'm interested in them getting highlighted in, in a better way. I just hope that they do it right. Whatever that is going to mean.
1: Now, Kate, what if it's like a diva style show, total divas?
2: i mean it's not that's never my favorite thing in the world but i like much as i hate to admit it about the bell twins like i know people who got into wrestling or were, were asking me questions about wrestling because of that show like it is a vehicle that works i just don't want it to be the only thing that is a vehicle there i can't imagine it would be just based on the women that were there but um but I I wouldn't be opposed. I just, there's other things I'd rather see it be ahead of it. But I mean, those E shows do remarkably well somehow. So like miss and misses does super well. And it's so dumb. So it's not content. That's my favorite, but it's a, it's a healthy business decision. So we'll see.
1: It'll be, excuse me. It'll be interesting to see either way, what that show or content might be, because I was thinking through it. If it's supposed to be some sort of wrestling show, I don't know where they're going to try to put it on television. Uh, mm-hmm. So you'd think maybe it has to be, um, you know, a uh, I don't I have no idea why you're doing this again, Kate, by the way, with your I'm helmet. just
2: I'm just saying that I think that the AW women's division is underrated and that. It'll oh, okay. It, so. OK.
1: We really do need to get you a. Cardboard box to wear next week.
2: I have one. It's just not readily available to me. So for now, this is
1: you'll work on. It. If there's something, if there's anything I know about you, Kate,
2: I'm you take to those
1: projects very seriously. You made a paper belt once.
2: I sure did, and I never lost <clears throat> it.
1: Well, you know,
2: it's debatable for committee what I hear.
1: guys. The last piece of news was a big one that broke uh, earlier. Uh, and it had to do with uh, AEW expanding their talent relations team and defining their roles. So, of course, everybody knows about what's been going on, about communication issues behind the scenes at AEW, and that Jonathan Gresham reportedly asked to be released from his contract um, because of not being informed of booking and creative decisions. Um, there's also been criticism that Tony Khan has been trying to do a lot on his own, and it's negatively impacted, you know, the product in some ways. Um, and, of course, changes over at the competition uh, have resulted in a lot of buzz for um, for the, the competition. Uh, so AEW makes an announcement today that they're expanding their own talent relations team and providing job descriptions for the existing players uh, as part of the roster. So basically... Um, They announced that uh, there's an expansion of AEW's talent relations team with the promotions of key staff members, including Sanjay Dutt, QT Marshall, Pat Buck, and Tony Schiavone. I'm sorry, Skiavone. My apologies. Uh, In addition, Madison Rain will be uh, joining AEW as a coach in the women's division. Um, uh, So they're hoping that this will strengthen the infrastructure Uh, required to facilitate the development, health, and safety of the outstanding roster, Uh, and the following promotions and additions are effective immediately. So Sanjay Dutt has been promoted to Vice President of Production and Creative Coordination. It says in that role he will coordinate communication of AEW storylines, liaise between post-production and key staff to maintain content workflow, produce ancillary content, and mentor New producers. He joined in 2021, uh, bringing more than 20 years of experience of professional wrestling, both in ring and as a producer. And he continues to serve on screen as a manager to Adam Sing and Jay Lethal. QT Marshall uh, has been promoted to Vice President of Show and Creative Coordination. Uh, he will help manage the show elements, including planning programs and storylines, character development, and overseeing extras and uh, overseeing extras and live event logistics coordination. Uh, he is an AEW original with more than twenty years experience, uh, and continues to wrestle as leader of the factory. Pat Buck has been promoted to vice president of talent development. Uh, he will liaise with talent and production, oversee all coaches, provide input on matches and promos, and lead the talent relations team. He has nearly two decades of experience serving wrestling promotions as talent trainer, producer, and promoter. Ski has been promoted to senior producer and special advisor to talent. Uh, He will work directly with talent as part of the talent relations team, and he is one of AEW's most tenured members with nearly 40 years of experience. Um, Madison Rain uh, is joining AEW as the coach in the women's division and kicks off her new role in her hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it does go on to say she competed in numerous professional wrestling promotions where she has held multiple championship titles, including five time uh, women including being a five time women 's world champion. She has more than fifteen years of experience in professional wrestling and is also a proud mom to a daughter. lastly, Christopher Daniels, an aew original who brings more than thirty years of experience will continue to serve as manager of talent relations. The talent relations team will remain in close contact with the legal and talent resources team led by Margaret Stalvey, Chris Peck, and Mega Par- uh, Parekh, uh, who, uh, uh, who helped to support the physical and mental health safety and security of the talent. AEW is also said to be committed to supporting talent beyond the ring and offers access to world-class physicians, trainers and mental health clinicians that is pretty much the press release but guys i think this is a good move right because from the outside there really has been no knowledge of how things work in aew it's been a lot of speculation and sort of what you read from the dirt sheets and of course if you're not reading a you know uh a sort of respected uh you know Sheet, i don't know what you call it a resource right
2: Outlet, yeah whatever
1: you know if you're not looking at something that's um respectable and, and that does good work you don't really know what's going on i think this is good for the outsider to kind of see like oh there is some structure like there are people who are doing things uh other than tony khan so i think this is a good move for everybody on the outside but also very clear on the inside who's responsible for what and I got to be honest, some of the names they have on here, I I know pretty much every name. the The only one I really don't know is, um, Madison Rain. You know, I know everybody else. I, you know, I know Pat Buck from being here in New Jersey and just knowing what he's done in other places. I know Sh- uh, Shivani and Q T. Marshall and Sanjay Dutt. But like, it's it's really good. I'm sorry, Skivone. Thank I, you. I sorry. Um, but it's really good to now have a way to be able to say to people this person is is fully in charge of this and sort of set the the boundaries. So I think this is a good move. And of course with the negative news about you know being lack of communication, I think this is sort of what you have to do. I think it's a good move.
2: Yeah, I hope that it flows internally better than we've seen. Like I think those promotions all make sense if they get implemented so that all the tasks of running a wrestling company are covered by these positions and the supplementary ones. I think that's, that's very good, but you're right. Like it was kind of cool to see the insight of what gets done. Like I knew Sanjay was doing stuff backstage. We've heard a lot of doing stuff backstage, but what does that mean? Um So that's cool. And then, uh yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but like, I have not loved everything that's happened with the AW women's division. So I think some uh, enhancements there is actually a good thing. I know that'll come as a surprise to, to listeners of the show, but I surprisingly have not um, been fully satisfied with what was going on there. So I think Madison's great. Um, she has a, a stellar reputation and has had a lot of in-ring success. And, um, you know, they had kind of also said, I think Tony Schiavone, or Tony Khan, had followed up and said, like, that doesn't mean she won't be working in the ring too, but right. they'll be a huge focus, which is, which is really good. So... I think that's awesome. Um, the more development in that division,
1: the better. You know, if anything, I just hope there's still a window open to have Maria Kanellis somehow help out in Ring of Honor or AEW. I think she's yeah. just... We've said it numerous times. We have to sound like a broken record with this, but that Ring of Honor women's division, before they shut it down and sold to Tony Khan, was really starting to put together something special. And Maria Kanellis is... By all accounts, said to be like ninety nine percent responsible for everything that was happening with that division.
2: I, and I like, think her mind is still needed. I think the coaching is going to be more of an in ring aspect. And, right. and Maria, from a booking standpoint, and for ROH, and not AEW, I think is is just a good call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I like you know, I, I like what they're saying about Madison Rain. Um. I just hope that they're that's not as much as they do. Right. I hope they continue to push. Uh, to get help for that women's division and I think Maria Canellis, again Ring of Honor or AEW, probably more so Ring of Honor. Um I think she needs to be involved in some way with either one of these companies. I, I just hope the reports were that they had discussions but nothing concrete and sort of like windows and doors were open, but nothing had happened. So we'll see. But Shlong is this is this a good move for you or do you just see this as sort of like you know putting lipstick on a pig? Just
3: awful. Why would you hire more women? Um I knew it. Yeah. I listen, the the moves like uh, Sanjay, Pat Buck, that stuff, it looks that is more I think of an appearance thing of like, hey, these, you know, putting it out there and letting people know there is a structure. Though they pro- I'm not gonna speak that they're not actually gonna get more responsibilities in-house, which they need. They need to to spread it out, the bigger your company is, the more, I hate, there's a reason big companies have layers. As annoying as it is, it's because you need them. Uh, Madison Reigns is just a smart decision. You need another woman's voice in the company, which is important, a coach, which is important, TV experience, which is huge. Because truthfully, they're, they're, the number is growing, but there's not a lot of, we'll say, 35-plus women who have both good wrestling and good TV experience. You can get one or the other, but you're not getting a lot of both. And that's because of the way WWE forced women to wrestle for so many years. In the next 10 years, you'll have a ton of them and it'll be great. But right now you grab the ones you can, you need to grab. And Madison rain is one you you need to grab. And so I think it was a really smart choice. I'm just like you said, I'm hoping it's not the last choice and I don't think it will be. I think they're clearly, I think ROH is, clearly coming soon like the full tv because they had um the Trustbusters on mm-hmm. AEW dark they're just they're doing a couple things where you're like yeah you're not doing this if you don't think you have a tv deal or something coming soon because why waste the time so i i, I think she i think Murray is a better fit for roh only because i think it'll tony will be a little less hands-on there i think that would work better to have someone running stuff when Tony's not the only person, but in AEW, I think he's, he's still gonna have a hard time letting go fully.
1: Sure. And that's sometimes a problem, right? With leadership. We've seen it <laughs> clearly, uh, at the competition, uh, you've had somebody at the top who won't let go of control and, you know, they're forced to,
2: for seven hours of programming a week. And then, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then they yeah, get forced yeah, and that... to resign in dis uh, in, uh,
3: well, yeah, that had, that had some other racing. some other issues, but I, I think that is important though. That the more hours you add on, the more you're stretching your creative brain, and that gets tough. Like you can't, because you don't want to repeat too much. You don't want to have things. Too, so Tony started with just two hours of TV, and then I'm not going to count Dark and Elevation because there's not really any stories there, and he doesn't do a lot there. But then you throw in, okay, then he got an hour of Rampage. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. now
3: he's adding in all these specials. And now you're adding in ROH like he's my like, so dude. At some point you're going to be an overload. It's actually I sent Kate a text when when Triple H was moving taking control of WWE. I said, how long until he burns out? Because they have so much TV. You have to have other people. You could still be head of creative, but you have to be willing to let people actually run the day to day of it, or you're going to just burn out. Your your creative brain can't spread over that much wrestling.
1: Yeah, I mean, but even when you look at things. Uh... Even when you just look at things from a a standard business sense, right? Not even like wrestling could be anything, any company. I think the most successful leadership are the people who are able to put, you know, smart people around them who can gather all the information and then disseminate it to the person who's at the top. And the person at the top really doesn't have to make all the, all the decisions, but you make enough of the decisions that are going to have the bigger impact. You just don't have to take in as much of the other information because you've got the people who are able to filter it, you know, and and give you the best pieces. So I think if they can do the same thing here, they're going to put themselves in a much better position. And you're right, Ryan, they're starting to get more and more TV. So you're going to stretch yourself thinner and thinner and thinner. And then eventually, you know, you run the risk of sort of blowing out, you know, and blowing up. So Yep. This is a good move, if you ask me, from a business sense and an organization sense, and who knows, maybe at some point they'll be, you know, expanding uh in other ways. So we'll see. But that's it for the news and notes. That was the big one today. Um and I think that's it, unless you guys have anything else that I missed. Slap boxing was the big one. Obviously. Um so we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, but first, we're going to let you guys know what we do uh, when we're not here. Well, not me, but everybody else. Kate, why don't you lead off?
2: Um, okay. Every Tuesday, I do the NXT post show. That product still fucking blows, so that's kind of fun. i uh, on full YouTube, doing Sour Grabs Wednesdays. I'm here as often as I can be. And Fridays, I'm doing the AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show. Also on the Know Your News Network with Alice Pulaski doing get the flick out of here where we review bad fun weird funny quirky whatever the fuck uh movies and television and we did the room this past recording and it it comes out tomorrow so that was real fun and really stupid i'd never seen it before so that's good uh but yeah and you can follow me at miss kate fabe on twitter where i'm getting yelled at by disco inferno for some reason
1: because disco inferno Burn, baby, burn.
2: Burn, baby, burn.
1: All right. That's a lot of stuff. Ryan, hope you can bat second. What do you got going on? Hope you got a lot of stuff.
3: All right. Here they all are. On Mondays and Tuesdays, I live tweet AEW Dark and Elevation from the Mark Order Pod. And the rest of the week, I'll tweet from the Mark Order Pod. There you go. So schlong and good night.
1: Boom.
2: Nailed it. I
1: got nothing besides this. This is really all I do. So... um so just make sure you continue to tune in every Wednesday night at 10, 15 PM. I can tell you, we're going to do a bonus show. It's going to be an all money edition Saturday night after battle of the belts where me and Mrs. Money will talk about what happened at battle of the belts. Maybe we'll touch on uh, Friday night rampage because I don't know if you know this guys, there's a tag match between swerve and our glory versus Josh woods and Tony niece. So,
0: Hello. um,
1: We'll probably touch on Rampage, but make sure you tune in. We'll be following um, Battle of the Belts um, Saturday night. I don't remember what time Battle of the Belts is. Sorry, I have it in front of me now. Battle of the Belts. And we actually uh, we ran through the card here. Again, we're going to get uh, Wardlow versus Jay Lethal for the TNT Championship. You're going to get Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa for the Women's Championship. And then you're going to get uh, Claudio Castagnoli uh, versus... Uh, to Keshta, uh for uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship. That's Saturday, eight p.m. Eastern. So we will go on at nine fifteen Eastern uh, for a bonus show, maybe an hour or so. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that Saturday night. Um, make sure that you're following us on our socials at Mark Order Pod, like Schlong said, especially on Twitter, where he is live tweeting and engaging in conversations with people who aren't dicks. So as long as you're not a dick. He will talk with you, but you can find all of our other socials, uh, through the link tree on our profiles. Uh, and, uh, like I said before, if you hit the button to request free stickers, we'll send you out some of these free Mark order podcast stickers. Just give us your name, your full mailing address and the country you live in. So we're sure we're sending it to the right place. And I will send those out to you as soon as I can. Um, Thanks everybody for watching along with us tonight. The Kyle K Sparks, the Asian Joes, Gordon posts, uh, Mark Quills. Uh, you know, I know I'm leaving a ton of people out cause I'm not going back to Jesse Ozogs, uh, King of Huéco Mundo. Uh, I see it in there too. So, Thank you, everybody who's watching along. We appreciate it. If you're listening in podcast form, we definitely appreciate you, too. Just make sure wherever you're listening, it helps us out. If you uh, subscribe, rate, review, all those types of things will definitely help us out. If you've never watched us in video format, you should definitely give it a try. Some of the visual gags like Kate putting a, I don't know, a desktop organizer cage on her head instead of a cardboard box. Uh, doesn't was the closest in, thing
2: I had.
1: Well, it doesn't always play in podcast form, but if you'd like to see Kate attempt that tonight or episode sexy 69, where the captain joined us, or other random things like Matt popping in in the archives, uh, an episode where Matt pops in a little uh toasted, uh, with his shirt off, spicy uh,
2: margarita, Matt, our spicy favorite, Mar-
1: Matt, that's right. Um, you can certainly go back to YouTube where all of our content and watch any of those videos. Other than that, we're working on some additional stuff. Um, I'm only only mentioning it because somebody asked on Twitter, hey, are we ever going to get t-shirts? Yes, you're going to get t-shirts. I have to find some time (laughs) to finish the designs. They're coming, I promise you, and I'll make this promise at the very least. Uh, you'll be able to have them f- to buy as Christmas gifts at the very least.
2: Black so Friday the specials. End of the year. <laughs> there Didn't you go. say which
0: Christmas.
1: Well, <laughs> this year. I just said this year. Come on. So we're working on some stuff. Stay tuned. We will obviously keep you guys posted and we thank you for your support. So make sure next week you tune in to see these guys. I'm not here next week. So this is like when daddy's away the kids get to take over. It's going to be wild. Uh, Join Kate and Ryan, and who knows if they're going to have a special guest or anything like that next week. But they will be back next week at 10.15 p.m. on Wednesday following Dynamite's Quake by the Lake. I just hope I get to see that show. Uh, And I'll be back the following week. So, guys, I'll miss you next week. But have a good show. Don't wreck the place while I'm not here. I'll leave $20 on the table you can get a pizza, but you can't get wings. I'm not going to give you enough to get pizza and wings. Just pizza, okay? But, but, but what I are want we going to
2: do without you being no. home?
1: Listen, just don't start any fires. Don't get hurt. Twenty dollars for pizza. Make sure you tip the delivery guy, and I'll be back to check on you in two weeks. I want
2: my wings.
1: Well, I'm sorry. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> I- We'll be back uh they'll be back next week and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh love y'all. Talk to you. Bye.
0: This concludes the Mark Order podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.